Richard. Good morning, Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Did you know today is the three-year anniversary of Two Dudes, One Double Feature? That's neat. <laughs> to celebrate, can I have some Peter Lorre cereal? Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. I loathe the fool who does not enjoy my cereal. <laughs> it should be noted that the show is not intended for younger audiences and the opinions expressed are that of the individuals and not of the employers. <laughs> and now, let's start the show! Thank you, Mr. Breakfast! <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. Joey's so ready to say something weird, I know it. I am Dude One, Shrook! Good for you and your father. (laughs) I was waiting for that! (laughs) I am Dude One, Richard. Why is he Dude One, Richard? I don't know! (laughs) <laughs> I, I was gonna do the bit where the dude's getting bananas thrown at him, but you can't do that on a podcast. I was I was gonna do the bit where Andy chases uh, Pee Wee. Ah! <laughs> Andy, Andy, ah! you gotta talk about your big butt. <laughs> Come on, Simone, let's talk about your big butt. <gasps> Welcome, <everybody>. howdy. <laughs> Welcome. I am Dude One Richard. This is Dude Two Joe. Yeah. Um, this is actually uh, an exciting episode because this is our three-year anniversary of doing this show. Which, you know, again, we I think we say this anytime we reach any kind of milestone. But like, even when we did a hundred episodes, we're like, "Huh? It's weird. Why are we doing this? What's what, what's going on?" <laughs> This is strange. Like, we're still here. We're still doing it. We're still using the same microphones. We're finding the time. What? But Some. I guess we like doing it. I guess it's the... <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's a borrower phrase from The Rise of Skywalker. Somehow, the dudes return each every other week. <laughs> or in this case, we're back to our week-to-week schedule because it is summertime. Summertime. We, two dudes, summer. Maybe we should just start calling it that. Two dudes. Well, then again, we, we we keep going into Halloween, so it's still... Either way. Two dudes summer. How you doing? Well, you know, to quote uh, Camelot, by order, <laughs> summer lingers through September in Camelot. Do, 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 do. Camelot. <laughs> well, to quote Green Day, wake me up when september uh, honestly ends. yes because october is one of my favorite times for the show <laughs> even though we have a we have a exciting lineup of movies yes to talk about this summer regardless so oh like our next two episodes after this one i mean granted this is our a big exciting episode because it's the anniversary but we the next two episodes oh boy we already recorded them <laughs> 
Guys, it's going to, some of the conversations in some of the episodes are going to sound a little strange because we bulk recorded a number of episodes and it has been a wild time. Like we have, we have an episode all the way in October. You will not get to hear this until October. I even tell a story that is no way relevant now because we're well past it, but it, it comes up. <laughs> In that episode, so I'm really excited to listen back to it. it it's a nice uh, time capsule of uh, of sorts, and so maybe maybe you'll find it half as interesting as we do. Uh, maybe, uh, I hope. Um, but no, it's still pretty crazy. I mean, we've like within this time period, so much has happened for the show, and so much like recent. We you know what? We did an interview recently. That we did. We did, an, we did an interview. Um, Joey's friend Jimmy, uh, who has a podcast, the Bottom Line Podcast, uh, did an interview with us, and then the same day uploaded it to YouTube. I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, like I was so ready for because he was like, "Either Tuesday or Wednesday," and then it comes up, and I'm like, "Okay, hold on, I gotta I gotta share here, gotta share here." But it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Yes, uh, it, it was definitely. Enough, it felt like we legitimized the show. Like that was like. <laughs> the first thing to legitimize the show, like the work of John and Kenny, and then this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, when we started the show, and now, now <laughs> everything in between is just eh. no. But Jimmy was a guy I, I knew. I've known him. Uh, I've known him since college, my freshman year of college, actually over a decade now. Uh, he's really cool dude. Um, and he's always been like always been putting out uh, great content out there. Um, so definitely check him. We're going to put a link for them, uh, bottom line. Also shout out to, um, his buddy Austin, uh, you know, yeah. cool dude. He was, he was there briefly flipping off ge- geese, Yes, but yeah, yes, this is true. <laughs> but, no, um, it was, it was a lot of fun to do it. If you go to our link tree, I actually have it set up so you can watch the interview on there. So if you want to check that out, yeah, 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 it's like an hour or so, but, um, it's, it, it's, it's a lot, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely, you know, uh, a, a sort of unique experience because, like Joey said, it felt like we legitimized our podcast because someone actually wanted to talk to us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you could like, well, that's just Joey's friend. Like, he still wanted to like promote the show, which was cool. It's like we have other friends that have podcasts, none of them talk to us. This is true. <laughs> this is <laughs> so. I don't want to attack those people too too harshly. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, there's. I don't even know some of them. So. <laughs> But um, it's just funny. Yeah, and we got Jimmy, Jimmy, and Austin. We got to we got to figure out a way to get you on the show at some point, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Got to get a double feature going. They talk about sports stuff, don't they? Uh, Isn't that like another like hockey? Pretty frequently, yeah. Jimmy's Jimmy's a big sports guy, um, for sure. So Jimmy, if you can come up, even if it's just another kind of double feature, just let us know. Oh yeah. Um, we'll we'll, we'll definitely um, we'll try to make it work. But honestly, but again, going back three years. Three years, guys. Three, three years. So, like, we've done we've done a couple of YouTube videos. I, I've sang so many songs, and I'm I'm grateful that John and Kenny still want me to do more. <laughs> so, like, I never like it's sort of weird to think that I sang songs that were like almost. It sounds very professional. <laughs> um, not to toot my own horn. But uh, I think one of my favorite memories of sharing, because I don't, I don't like really sharing stuff I make with people because I'm so nervous what the reaction's going to be. If they don't like it, it's fine. But it's just like, you don't want to hear it outright because, you know. But uh, I remember when we did the the second radio drama and we did the, fir- the first part that had me sing 
the I'm number one song or whatever. Yes. And I was like, do you guys, and I went to work and I was talking to my managers and I was like, do you guys want to hear a song I did? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they were like fully expecting it to be like just a low rent, like really cheap sounding song of me just going, ah, or something. And then they just, they didn't finish it, but they ran back and they were like, we were really surprised because that was actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Like you could sing. I don't know. I guess I've been told. But, uh, but no, I like I like that we've done that. I I, I want to get back to doing some more YouTube videos. If I'm being honest, I know Joey's been wanting to revisit his uh, two dudes pickups, and I want to try to revisit the Blind Spot series that I was kind of kicking off. I'm uh, yeah, those Blind Spot episodes are really great. Um, I put too much time into. <laughs> but you know what? It shows though. Yeah, I, I, at least I think so. Um, I appreciate that, but it's, it, it is kind of wild three years. You think, okay. Cause when we started the show, you know, it was June of 2020 lockdown, at least for us, probably the later portion of lockdown, but it was, um, it's one of those things where it's like, cause again, we tell the story. I feel like almost every, whatever we started this thing thinking, um, yeah, you know, we're going to try to start this cause we've had other attempts at like trying to do some kind of show and you know you might be able to find them online if you dig deep enough uh please don't <laughs> they're, um. so, they're somewhere <laughs> don't yeah um like listen don't don't turn this into like an adventure like digging for treasure it's not gonna be no it. it's uh, it's not like a one man's trash and the man tra- no no it's just straight up trash <laughs> it's trash all around <laughs> uh but it's it's kind of um oh man you know what keep recording what? give me a second okay i'll be right back keep recording okay okay well, Joey's leaving right now, so this is where I this is where I I have to fill in the gaps of airtime. You know what? I'm gonna do that by describing Joey's man cave because I'm looking at it. Um, he has a the biggest piece in the man cave is a giant poster of I believe a New Hope, but it just says Star Wars on it, and it looks really cool. He has a Charlie Chaplin uh, City Lights poster it's a little bit smaller and then above it an even smaller poster for samurai jack the 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 final season and then he has a poster for Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and then he has a po- oh he's back <laughs> i'm gonna have i was describing your man cave <laughs> i gotta have a good time uh, <laughs> listening to that um you're, you guys can't see this but i will post a picture of it on our socials this is mm-hmm. oh oh yeah yeah so <laughs> this is the what you just heard was me hitting the um, air quotes, legendary, uh, two dudes, you know, <laughs> notepad and had some podcast ideas. And some of these, some of these were podcast ideas, um, that I feel like I was starting to write. I'm trying to remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, do, do you want to know some of these names? Tell me. I know, I know. I think I remember some of them, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> some of these, I don't know. that and it are, are not good. Um, <laughs> binge or not to binge, more like cringe. Binge or not to binge. Why so serious? What the fuck is this? 2008. Um, <laughs> sexy and you are, as in the letters you are, not. Okay. Uh, you, you, you are sexy? Was that? Sexy, sexy and, you, you are... and you are not. Oh, okay. Sorry, I know I keep breaking my rules while saying these things avoid during pandemic <laughs> well yeah 
<laughs> physical media and CV. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. And movies to escape. <laughs> All of those are shitty ideas, guys. Or maybe they are shitty. They are turds that just need to be polished, and maybe you guys can make a good show. Just out of like it. wiped off a little bit, you know. Diamond in the rough, <laughs> the pretty rough, rough diamond. Um, but <laughs> but literally, like the initial title of this, which I'm gonna, you'll see this when we double bill, double bill, double bill. Okay. And neither of us are named Bill. Neither, that would have been really funny. I'm Bill One. I'm Bill Two. You know. <laughs> Welcome to the Bill Show, where we talk about only things related to Bill. Only Bills. Oof, that eliminates some of the... And I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but there's... A Today's no- Bill is the water bill. <laughs> Oof, sky high. But there's a number of uh, double features that actually did happen um, mm-hmm. that are on here. Of course, the Mask of Zorro and Pirates of the Caribbean happened. Okay. That was the inception of it all. Uh, Shape of Water and Beauty and the Beast... There's some of these that were either remixed into something else. We talked about Black Panther, mm-hmm. uh, but we originally had it paired with Wonder Woman. Um, That's right. And then Birds of Prey, which I feel like is one of the most, for at least for us anyway, the most infamous kick the can movies where it felt like we just kept delaying because we had it paired with <laughs> we had it paired with Atomic Blonde. We had it paired with a bunch of different things. I feel like we're we're trying to find a a good spot for it because I I personally really wanted to talk about it because I'm I'm one of those guys that like if like if he likes something that he knows other people don't really care for he'll like become more defensive of it that's that's admitted like i i i'm one of those i i'm not one of those people that you find that are film film fans that are easy or quick to like start berating something or like hating on something i'm more like no 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 i like this this right here is really cool so that's i guess that's the kind of person i am so i've been trying to get birds of prey on the show for a while and thankfully it made it and I was very happy about that. Right. Mad Max Fury Road and Blade Runner 2049, obviously that happened. Mm-hmm. Seven Samurai happened, but we didn't pair it with Avengers um, for, for reasons. Well, <laughs> it's one of those things where, yes, maybe not with Avengers, but if there, there's one double feature I could take back, it would be Kubo and Seven Samurai, because both of those are great. You've, you've brought that up. It, yeah. They're both great movies. Love both of those movies. Seven Samurai is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Kubo is a great animated movie. But I feel like as a pairing, I just didn't. I'm, I'm <laughs> But it was also the memory of... We re- had to re-record the Seven Samurai half like several times. Just because of different varying things. Yes. Carnival of Souls and Beetlejuice. That stuck. That stuck. We had... <laughs> before we had the Star Wars episode, we had Wizard of Oz and Star Wars. Um, they both... Got on the show, but in different, very different ways. I, I, though I think I prefer the ways that they did, if I'm being honest. I would agree with that. Especially Wizard of Oz and how that turned out because of the historical significance of the pairing with Snow White, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not to go through, I mean, Invisible Man, the, the, the 33 and 2021, uh, 2020 version. I will say watching the 2020 Invisible Man with Joey is still one of the more memorable experiences just because he held a pillow the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I don't like watching modern horror that often, guys. It's just, it's hard. <laughs> but it was a good movie for sure. It's just, it's just like, I didn't, like, I, like, I wasn't even thick because, because when I, whenever you and I talk, you know, obviously we talk a lot about like old school horror movies and stuff. But like, I think at that time I wasn't, I didn't clock the idea that, this would 
like freak you out a little bit <laughs> yeah and so i'm like oh god joe are you okay and you're just like i'm fine <laughs> like seeing seeing it the first movie which for a lot of people is probably like a baby movie i i had such a nerve i was such a mess seeing that in theaters mm-hmm. uh it's a good movie but you know <laughs> just other ones that we had here uh frankenstein and edward scissorhands we split those up frankenstein we're gonna talk about later this year yes in a pairing i'm very excited about best best thing i can say about it the thing i could say about it is kind of a spiritual sequel to the superman batman episode that's what it feels like yeah um, I think it's a, it's a good pairing. Um, and Edward Scissorhands, it was one movie I really liked. Yeah. Surprisingly. It was one of the big surprises. I was expecting to just be like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, so uh, good on you, uh, Tim Burton and company. And, uh, yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm glad this one didn't happen the way. Uh, Superman the movie and Brightburn. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Thief of Baghdad and Aladdin happened. Did. Uh, this is one I wish would have happened. Um, either Jason the Argonauts and Seventh Voyage paired with Kubo. Mm. But again, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, this one I remember you were trying to push for a while. I know I'm going on, on about this, but <laughs> Grease and High School Musical. I still want to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't be, I would not be opposed to it. I, I feel like it would also be very different for us. You know what? Because, you know what would be funny, actually? Because we, we uh, have planned another, like, movie about high schoolers or like young kids quote-unquote coming up mm-hmm. yep. and that would be funny if that was like a sequel <laughs> that would have been funny um what else we have watchmen 2009 and watchmen 2019 as which apparent. we talked about the movie but i don't think we talked about the show the show is great the show is great if you could get it on here if we but i will say our watchmen v for Bendita episode is one of my favorite episodes we've done uh, really, I th- I'm, I'm proud of that one. I, I pat myself on the shoulder for that one. <laughs> Let's see. What else we have? I'm just going to go through some of these. Um, my One of my favorites of all time, Wolfman and American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaws and Alien. Classic. We had Roger Rabbit and Ready Player One, um, but we didn't do Ready Player One and Roger Rabbit. We paired with, uh, it was Allison's suggestion, Maltese Falcon. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Great Dictator and Jojo Rabbit, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Rocketeer, one of my other favorite pairings, Rocketeer and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. That was uh, also suggested to us by Chris Olivier. Yes. Great suggestion. Great. Fantastic. And then, um, yeah, there's just, those are the ones I really wanted to take note of just real quick. uh, Because, you know, again, it's just like, it shows you, you know, you think the thing is, the show is going to be one thing and then it, you know, I feel like the format stayed pretty consistent although our length has not i mean our no. first episode like, <laughs> under fi- under 50 minutes um, like our last couple episodes our one episode we did recently like hit two hours so i mean it's pretty wild the craziest thing too to think of as well i think this is sort of important to bring up because i don't think anyone's really talking about it but then again no one's really talked about this for a while but when we st- we started the show for a lot of reasons because we had time yes you know uh we were in the middle of like towards a little bit towards the end but we were still in the lockdown period because of the pandemic and then like um a couple of weeks ago the world health organization announced that covid's not a uh health crisis anymore uh which is that's not to say it's not around anymore on that note so still you know take care of yourselves 
but it is crazy to think that like we were st- like our show lasted longer. <laughs> it's like the uh, the page Liza Minnelli outlives. <laughs> exactly, but like it 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 is sort. It's just kind of crazy to note that you know. Because when we started doing the show, there was, I think, I, I know I was thinking of it, and I, I'm sh- I'm sure maybe you had these thoughts as well, but, like, there was that thought of, well, if the pandemic ends, are we going to still do the show? And we thought, we thought, you know, oh, this isn't going to last more than a year. This isn't going to last two years. This is, COVID's going to, COVID's going to be eradicated eventually. I didn't think this show was going to last 10 years. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it's like the fact that we started it and... Yet, like it's been three, it's been three years, and technically, you know, uh, you know, who may have said that the pandemic's over while COVID's still around? Um, we're still doing the show, yeah. And it's it's just kind of it's kind of crazy to think that we liked doing this enough, and you know, we're persistent enough with it that we just kept going on and on, and finding like new ways to do the show and talking about new movies. And even extending the model from just talking about two movies to three movies to doing the special presentations that you suggested, um, the radio dramas with John and Kenny, the songs, um, all the various guests that we've had. And I know normally at this point, and I, I really want to get to our double feature, but normally at this point in the show, we do ask like how each other's doing. But I want to ask you, and you can ask me if you want, that's up to you, but um, I want to ask you, how do you think this show has changed the most and how do you think and has the show changed you in any capacity <sighs> that's a very good question holy cow i was i was ready to ask to ask this question <laughs> i was like i'm gonna i, I feel like i <laughs> i'm gonna say like you you're like because jimmy had some hard-hitting questions in that interview he did he did I, like that first one i'm like whoa <laughs> yeah um that's a great question um how has the sh- how has the show changed? I think the show has changed because, um, in some ways, I mean, because we used to do because in different ways we used to do have new music every week, yeah. right? And um, and that that was awesome. But I also love that we have a new theme song, like a theme song, a dedicated two dudes theme song. Mm-hmm. And what I think we we've we've really done now. And this is not to say that like this show is just an, is just assembly line schlop. It is <laughs> more. We're in the groove more mm-hmm. um, of things. Like I found, like okay, I, I, I've learned to be more efficient with certain things, be more organized. Um, like I have a folder of just generic two dudes audio stuff. So that's the theme song, the disclaimer with the theme song, your credits. Um, you know things like things like that, and um, you know I think uh, I think in that regard I it's you know maybe a little more automated. I mean, so there's certain times where I look at something and I go, I know nine times out of ten that that little blurb of audio is an uh that I'm about to take out of existence. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> you know try to eradicate as, as that much as uh. I er, eradicate the uhs and the. You know, uh, all, all the, the no-nos on, on radio and audio, you know, like, uh, uh, mm, uh, uh, which I know I'm very guilty of. Oh, I do it all so, the time. you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I make it very self-conscious of myself. But as far as, um, you know, 
as far as how does it change me, I think that's hard to say. Uh, because I feel like... Has it changed you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But I will say what I like about this show is that it is the, the closest thing I have to like a creative outlet mm-hmm. at this point in my life. You know, because I work and, you know, I've had different um, problems come at me the last couple of months. Uh, I think about, you know, what Ethan Hawke said in, in like, I think it was before sunrise where it's just like i'm older i have more problems but i'm more equipped to handle my problems you know that kind of thing and i think this show is sort of like uh me i've had a lot of life changes Mm -hmm. you know with this show i mean everybody's has during covid but like i i've had a number of different like job change different you know job changes some good stuff some you know some like okay that was too bad um and just health scares from different people you know um not to get too deep into that right and, um, you know, it's nice to have something where it's like, I'm responsible for it, but it's also, it's a, it's a fun responsibility where I do, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta edit this hour long piece of audio <laughs> and send it off to Richard. But at the same time, I can, it, it's nice to be able to, because think about how many of our conversations, I know how many times you're like, Joey, write that down. <laughs> right. And I do it as a bit a lot of the times. I'm like, Joey, write that it down. It is a bit, but there's but there's some times where I'm like, I wish I could just capture that moment. Mm-hmm. And this podcast does that. It is a a the catalog of of, of myself and my best friend. And uh, I think that's kind of a beautiful thing, honestly. You know, and I'm <laughs> like, I think that's really, it's really cool. So all the weird, like I can like listen to an episode and go, oh yeah, this is where we were at this stage. This is our strangeness. <laughs> this is this is this is what was going on. It's like, oh, um, Joey's upset with me in this one. I can tell. <laughs> this is, like, I was exhausted in this one. I could hear it in my voice. Something is going on. Uh, shit hit the fan. This is uh, post me catching COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just the insanity. The the sheer. I'm going on for for a bit. But point point is, I do love doing this show. And I, 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 it is, like I said, I think the best way to describe it is a fun responsibility. I mean, again, it's made me very organized. I have a whole <laughs> spreadsheet of different episodes, <laughs> different stages of development. Richard knows this because he has access to, to all I that. I can see it all. Uh, I'm special. And that's, that's one thing. That's another note, too, I want to add before I let you answer that question. Um, is I've always wanted to do a two dudes, like, documentary inside one episode. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole process of what of what it takes to do one like different com- compiled bits of footage and like interviews not even just just to be like because listen it takes i think it takes a lot of work to put out one of these episodes it really does. but again and, and we don't do this for like money or anything like at this point we don't do it for, for money or anything like that and uh but i have fun doing it so but how how what now oh, that the tables have turned you put that table down no i will put the this table is not down a lazy susan once <laughs> is a very active susan. you get that susan out of here no oh no uh, uh-uh. susan <laughs> oh susan cute <laughs> Baby, I love you. Uh, that just brought me back to that like TV movie with the Pink Ranger. I think it was called Susie Q. 
<laughs> I'll always I, every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh, that's like there was a movie and it was it had the Pink Ranger in it and Jimmy Olsen from Smallville. <laughs> there is always a movie. It's the motto of our show. <laughs> um, but to answer your question via my own question, um, I think I think the main thing I notice with the show changing is how comfortable we are with it. Yeah. Because I think about how we started doing it because we still were kind of latching on to our own ideas of what a podcast should be. Because we have I don't I didn't think of that or those early stages, at least not yet, did we merge into like the full what it is now with both of us as much involved with the show as the other. Like I think about how like for me I always wanted the show to be just like very like not censored necessarily and we had like the whole bit from you know shape of water uh which if you if you we've probably talked about it in the past i won't bring it up again (laughs) but um i think as as time and then like for you just like wanting like the the organization of it and really wanting like to and plus like ultimately this was your idea and then i was just kind of like all right i'll do it and you were like you, like you never even asked me initially if I wanted. To, I, fi- I figured if there was anybody you would want to be the co-host, but at the same time, I just was like, "All right, I'll do it." <laughs> I didn't know that's how you. <laughs> well, like, like I always feel like it's like the Disney trips. I always felt weird. Like I felt like I, I would be inter- except for the first one we did together, where you actually invited me. Then every other one, I would just be like, "All right, I'll go." <laughs> But like I, 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 you know, if you want to do stuff, I guess you just gotta enter, you gotta just put yourself in the equation sometimes. But it just feels weird if. But you, you, you went along with it, so I was like, it's it cool. This could have been any other. This could have been with any other person, and he chose me after the fact. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that the show's really melded into ours. More so than because I don't think we had necessarily conflicting ideas, but we definitely had approaches that were you know our own. And then eventually, as time had gone on, and we'd done this so many times that we really came together, and the show became what we wanted it to be. And then now this feels like second nature. You know, like we're still not perfect. You know, I still get way too close to the microphone, and I still scream a lot. And I'm sure people don't like that (laughs) but (laughs) but you know it's we've we've gotten so comfortable with it and i don't think it's and i don't think we've ever gotten to a point where we've been bored with it you know which is i i think that's a i think that's a telling thing as well because we could have just easily after like 50 episodes said do you do you want to do this still you know that's that's something i never would have thought about Mm -hmm. um is just how much the show like because again we come from we come from certain back, like you're you're a YouTuber, mm. very much a YouTuber. I come from you know a college radio background, you know doing talk, talk radio and, and talk radio in college and uh, that kind of thing. And even just and even just our upbringings. I mean, you know, you like I'm from Ohio and Midwest area. You're from Jersey, and we have like somehow we came together 
as friends and then you know we stayed friends which no there's so many people at in our age range especially now because you know we're i mean i'm in my 30s you're going to be i'm so sorry um in your 30s as well um we won't bring it up all that much because <laughs> i know i was very stressed out about it especially because it was in 2020 and the world was shut down and i'm like <laughs> damn it um but uh yeah yeah you know, the world still sucks but that's beside the point um but you know very rarely do people really get to like have someone they consider not only just a friend but like their best friend at our at our stage in life which is very rare and um i mean i'm, I'm very thankful for that honestly and then you know we just had the time to do this and it made us closer. I I love what you said when we did the interview that the show really sort of allowed us to discover each other a little bit. Because, I mean, while we knew each other fairly well, I think that doing the show, and especially... Because a lot of the show, too, was also born out of the fact that during the early lockdown stages, all we did was call each other and talk to each other because we were genuinely concerned. Like, are you okay? <laughs> like, today, are you okay? Because... I don't know if you know, but there's a pandemic going on. We're all kind of losing our minds a little bit. You, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm okay. not okay. But thank you for talking to me. Um, and so like this, it, and I talked about this many times um, early on that this was like therapy, and it still kind of is because I get to you know just be open and you know talk about something that I love with someone I love, and it it it, it really does make every day that much better because I look forward to doing this. And I look forward to actually, you know, watching all these movies. And that's the thing I think that's changed me about the show is that I'm so much more open to things than I ever was because of this show, because of all the movies that we did for the show that I never would have watched on my own, honestly. Like, you know, you hear about all these other movies that you're just like, eh, you know, I'll get to it eventually. But the show sort of forces me to do that in, in a way. And then... I get to have this experience that I would have had before and it makes me want to seek other things out if especially if I have a good time with it and it's made me more open to the idea something that I've sort of always believed but also I feel like this sort of cemented it and made me more passionate about it it's just this idea that there's a, there's all kinds of movies out there and there's so many things worth experiencing and you shouldn't just close yourself off or like like obviously have your interests and have your tastes like when you did your best of list like your own sight and sounds list and i had all my friends at work do lists for it and they're all having fun making their own lists the best part about it was i felt like i learned more about each of them because of the kind of movies that they liked you know some of the younger people would like a lot of the 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 more popular movies that you know like all the top 10 best of type movies and just be like oh this person's on a journey this person's discovering movies and they're about to as they get older they're gonna get deep into it i hope and that makes me excited to see what what turns out for them or you know some of the some uh some people who are closer to my age you know being like you know, I love all these movies from when I was a kid, uh, like these movies from the 90s, maybe some movies from the 80s, or, you know, like, like you just, you learn so much about somebody from the kind of movies that they watch, and, um, segue, <laughs> uh, if you will, uh, into our double feature, this episode, I feel like, encompasses that ideology probably better than I think either of us would have expected. It is mind-boggling, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> So whenever we do these anniversary episodes, we 
typically have a tradition to sort of mirror our first episode, which was Mask of Zorro and Pirates of the Caribbean. So our last two anniversary episodes, we kept with that by talking about another Pirates movie and then an Antonio Banderas movie. And we went through the original Pirate trilogy, which is the only ones we wanted to talk about. And then we went through uh, Legend of Zorro, which neither of us like, but we went with it anyway. And then we went to Puss in Boots, which was a fun experience. And then for this one, we did have a plan to talk about another pirate movie with Puss in Boots 2 to keep that tradition going. But because of how strong this episode was for for specifically us it wasn't even like you could probably find connections with these movies um or similarities or whatnot you know i'm sure we've found a couple ourselves but at the end of the day the the pairing this is one of those episodes where the pairing fits us so strangely well so strong um because over time like you know we always sort of knew on the surface level of you know, what kind of movies Joey and I were into. Like, Joey has always been very much into, like, old... Because he grew up with, you know, his dad's VHS tapes, and he grew up with a lot of um, the stuff that was in that box, which included a lot of old-school cinema. And um, he also grew up with TCM. And so... And he also had his YouTube channel, Silent Film Saturday. Uh, so you can look at all that stuff and be like, oh, of course... He, he's into, you know, silent movies and old movies and whatnot. But in truth, a lot of that is very surface level because while a lot of that still fits Joey um, and fits his personality, you know, I think of King Kong as sort of like one of those all-encompassing examples of what we're talking about today as well as like classic Hollywood. Um, you know, it, it's it's, again, at the same time, though, a lot of it does feel like on the surface, but when you dig a little bit deeper... You realize, oh, there's a specific, there's a little bit more to this than I know. <laughs> there's a little bit more to this. Um, and then we get to uh, one of the movies in our double feature. And then, you know, you look at me and, you know, it's like, oh, he likes escapism, blockbuster, sort of visually spectacular type movies. You know, stuff that really leans into the visual language of cinema. But again... You could, or you could argue a lot of that is surface level. Again, there's like, you know, something, look at something like, say, Batman, or even, you know, like when we did our favorites episode with Bride of Frankenstein, you know, you could probably see that as like a all encompassing sort of example. But again, you know, it's like, it's very much right at sea level. But then you dig a little bit deeper and when you learn a little bit more about me, you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this actually makes more sense, this movie right here. Um, so that's what this episode is really all about. This is the true dudes episode, I like to call it. So, Joe Denny Dan, how you doing? <laughs> Are you ready for this? Are you ready to, to, open, up, to open up the box, if you will? <laughs> the two dudes... I'm so dang ready you have no idea so let's let's get it kicking let's get it going so joe denny dan what is our first feature in the true dudes episode for three years our three-year anniversary happy anniversary by the way <laughs> Sorry, Allison, if that sounded now. weird. <laughs> well, Richard, you gotta you gotta go 
First, there was the Mask of Zorro and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Then, there was Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and Zorro 2. <laughs> then, there was Puss in Boots and At World's End. Now, we have... Schluck! <laughs> Schluck! <laughs> Schluck! <laughs> Listen, I know it's Thursday, but I'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't want I, I I didn't want to reference the actual movies because they're, they're just like Birth of a Nation and uh, <laughs> yeah. Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, times have changed. Uh, the times they are changing. Uh, by Schlock. Get all get all Schlock. The the Schlock uh, um, The Schlock. Thropus, guys. Oof. The, 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 the most amazing discovery in the last eight or nine weeks. <laughs> so, okay. The other interesting thing about our, our pairing, though, is that they are directorial debuts. This is true, yeah. You know, there are some some really good ones out there. Of course, we've talked about Citizen King. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I also watched uh, Peter Bogdanovich's Targets. Excellent movie. Cri- got a Criterion Blu-ray. Um, of course, you know, Kevin Smith with clerks and, you know, that, that, that's also, it was also a big deal. And, um, <laughs> this one is, uh, I, I think is definitely very much, very much a, a John Landis, um, movie. <laughs> and, and I mean that in all the ways and <laughs> in, in every way. I mean, listen, We uh, the good news is we've already talked about American Werewolf, so we talked about one of his best movies already. Yes. But it's also funny that we ta- are talking about this before um, before Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know us, we're unconventional on the show. Our first Tarantino movie was Death Proof. <laughs> this is true. Oof, yeah. Man. <laughs> but, but this movie... This movie, I think, is is also pretty. It's pretty great for. It's interesting, I should say. This movie is fifty years old this year, um, and this movie is also interesting because Rick Baker worked on this. He made the. He designed the uh, the schlock suit that John Landis. Yes, John Landis plays the schlockthropus in this movie. This is very true. You know, this is very true. And just the the basic gist of this story is that the schlock, the missing link, <laughs> this ever mysterious creature is roaming around and people are like, it's killed hundreds of people. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> the number changes like it, it rises. <laughs> it, it goes up and, you know, people are, but there's also, what's also great about the about schlock is that schlock is also somewhat unassuming despite the fact it's a gorilla man. Okay. Like, no one pays attention. We're just like people think that he's like a hippie. It's like get a haircut, man. <laughs> and then he goes, Rrr. "It you know what's funny? It made it makes me think of American Psycho." Yeah. Because the whole the whole point if you've never seen American Psycho, um American Psycho, um uh, spoiler alert, the whole point of that movie is that when uh you know if you're living in a a certain kind of world, you can do a million different awful things and even admit to it and no one will believe you because no one will care. Right. And that's kind of what 
I feel like this movie encompasses because you see Schlock, he he appears, and even the people trying to find him just don't care. <laughs> and um, he does all these different things. He like when people see him, you know, sometimes they'll scream, but. You know, he goes, like, for example, he goes into a movie theater to watch The Blob and, uh, I think, some, like, a dinosaurus thing. And uh, he's just doing all these different things. He's getting mad at the tall people, at the people with big hats that are sitting in front of him. He's throwing, he's stealing some dude's popcorn who never seems to bother with it. He helps a kid go to the bathroom. <laughs> I will say, like, Schlock is, is weird around kids, but he's... Tip, the, the more sincere moments seem to be with children. Yeah, it's um, I, I love the moment where there's like the, the kid playing baseball and the kid Schlock's roaring at this kid. Goes sticks out his tongue, goes, <laughs> and then Schlock throws this kid. He yeets this child into a swimming pool, <laughs> and, there's... and then and then the Schlock responds by blowing raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, it it's just incredible but also i i think i think what this movie shows too is just like the 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 how how dumb authority is oh, yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 scientist guy who's researching the schlock is kind of a loser <laughs> like he's got and i say this as somebody who's like oh hey look there's kiko from son of kong on his uh one of his windows <laughs> or like but especially the cops the cops are so dumb in this it is mind-boggling. The the the, the really. one like detective is immortal. <laughs> he's he, it just just it, he's just it just so happens it just lives by sheer just <laughs> fate accident. He, he he's he's he thrives on sheer boredom and annoyance. <laughs> but but I love just like again like that, but also the way they portray media in this. Like media is just shameless. And they are just so tone deaf. Like, <laughs> like I love like, oh, just oh, like, you're real. <laughs> you're actually the no, shot. Not even that. But also, like how like there are people. You know, people are dying. People are they're they are photographing dead bodies. Yes, and they're like the 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 six o'clock movie. Six at six. <laughs> six on six. And uh, if you can guess how many dead bodies are in this bag, <laughs> like it is just so wild. <laughs> There's, there's, but I also love too that the newscaster does, does like thinks, oh, you're just a guy in a gorilla suit. Great, oh, that's oh brilliant. It's oh wait, like a, you're real. Like a college, like a college ritual, and then <laughs> Schlock rips off his arm. Um, it's like, oh, we have our first exclusive with the Schlock Tropus, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> but this, I just think it's just, it's basically just a series of events, really, and Schlock. Is just you know trying to you know he gets bananas at one point where it's, and in the scene that sort of mirrors the the two thousand one mm-hmm. you know the famous scene with the uh, with with um, Moon Watcher and you know da 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 you know uh, but just bananas basically instead of bones it's bananas there are bones <laughs> involved but bananas are really the so main focus this here, shit guys. is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I also just like, like also um, Schlock's interaction with blind people in this movie. Um, you know, obviously there's the the lady, um, the young kid, the teenage kid, yeah, the teen teenager who he he feels a bit, and that's like, you know, 
regrettable. <laughs> <laughs> and when we say feels, there's a poke. There is there is a poke that happens. And you're like, I, 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 my first thought was, was that in the script? Either way, John Landis is, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. but <laughs> like the, like a movie that probably uh, oh man where's the intimacy coordinator on this one <laughs> but but also um on the other token there's the, the other scene at the bar with the the blind piano player mm. um which i thought was kind of a that was a fun scene um as well but i also again it continues on like the blind girl thought that schlock was a dog named willie at, named willie but i also just love the look schlock gives almost towards the like really Really like, now? I don't want to keep getting this stick. Stop throwing it. I just want to stop throwing it. Stop throwing. <laughs> but I'll, other things, I think about the main detective guy and how much of a loser he is too. <laughs> um, like, because normally, because the, the media interviews and they're and normally you think, oh yeah, uh, we're we're gonna be okay, a okay, even if they're lying. They're like, oh, we'll be okay. He's like, no, this situation's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better. I think hundreds, maybe even thousands, are gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the most nonchalant person ever. Like he walks into every scene, his hands are in his pockets. He has the most like nothing look on his face, and like I I think of the whole bit when uh, he first meets Schlock, and it's one of the few times he actually reacts to something because because yes. he does the whole what's that over there and he runs away. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I also love too when he's trying to like pretend that he's a potential mate for the club. <laughs> he's like, I got this I got this mask. Now <laughs> I need you guys the first thing that comes out of that door, shoot it. But only uh, only after the whistle. When you hear the whistle, you can go ahead and shoot. And instead of and, and you think the joke's gonna be he walks in, then he walks out, but he doesn't even go in through the front door, he just opens the door and then just walks away, and then you hear like the whistle and then they're just shooting the shit out of him and then and then he just gets up and he's just like and then walks back to his car there there's all that um you know what else i was thinking about too was like mindy has like a boyfriend i think mindy's the name of the teenager mm -hmm. and um we were talking about this too how like you know, oh, I hope you won't be disappointed in me. And how most movies, it'd be like, it'd be like such a big drastic reveal. Oh, the boyfriend looks like X. And I think we were both like, this guy just looks normal, like a guy. He just looks, he looks like, he looks like male two <laughs> on a category of five. M male model, basically. <laughs> like, you know, like he's like, there's nothing, you know, he's like a guy. Yeah. Um, but I also just love that there's some scenes like where like the health officials are like she's in a wheelchair at one point and and she and like she rolls off <laughs> at one point. <laughs> or um, I think about when like they're taking off the band after they take off the bandages, the one doctor just goes inside the closet. <laughs> like like just 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 goes the also when they take the bandages off, there's so much bandage oh around her God. head. There's, there's so just, much more bandage. There's a pile than, than of gauze <laughs> just on the ground. <laughs> Like, but, um, yeah, like when you initially told me about this movie, like you, I, we got to tell the story because this was a the sort sure. of like the, one of the big differences between the two movies we're talking about is this was sort of a later discovery for Joey, but in a, in a, in a, in a strange way, it still very much feels like the almost all encompassing, perfect representation of the, the, again, true kind of stuff that Joey 
latches onto. Base me. Base Joe Denny Dan. This is what you would start with whenever you're making the Joe Denny Dan ice cream uh, ice cream cone. You start with this flavor, mm-hmm. schlock. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, he was telling, like, he randomly bought this because it was. Was it because it was directed by John Landis? Because you liked American yes. Werewolf? I, I, I knew about, like, I re- I love American Werewolf. I like Blues Brothers. I love also the work of Rick Baker, mm-hmm. um, who, whose work we've talked about before. And it was definitely just, an, like, when I found out this was available on Blu-ray, and it was available through Arrow, which was becoming one of my favorite uh, boutique labels, yeah. and still is one of my favorite boutique labels. So I'm like, I had to get it. It was an instant, like, I auto-buy, basically, when, as soon as I found this. You, you bought it and you were talking about it, but I don't know if I don't really remember like like you just going like oh I bought this movie schlock I, I just remember the aftermath of you watching it and going oh my god <laughs> oh my god and like just being so like enamored by what you just saw and then you you would always joke like one of these days one of these days you're gonna get something at your doorstep and it's gonna be a copy of schlock. <laughs> And then eventually that day came. <laughs> like, hey, like he wasn't kidding. <laughs> like it wasn't even like we had talked about it ahead of time. We joked about it maybe a couple of times. We didn't really ever get serious, I guess, about it necessarily. Um, but right. little did I know, I should have, <laughs> I should have understood what Joey meant when he said, "I'm sending this to you." That it wasn't uh, a fib. Uh, <laughs> Richard was questioning all the decisions that led him to our friendship and ultimately led him to schlock. Maybe I shouldn't have tried to get on the uh, Facebook pages gif. <laughs> movies? Maybe I shouldn't even like movies. You know what? I'm going to just get into accounting or something. Maybe it'll be more safe that way. <laughs> but no, I'm here. I'll just, I'll just deal with it. Um, no, so like I, I think I got home from work or no, I think it was a day off, and I it was just sitting there and I'm like, what is this? I don't remember ordering anything, and then I I started thinking, oh god, I think I knew what it was before <laughs> before I even opened it. I was like, is is this what I think it's gonna be? Is this what I think it's gonna be? <laughs> and I opened the I opened the packaging and of course it's the Arrow Blu-ray of Schlock. And <laughs> I think I called you, and I was just like, "Did you send me something, <laughs> baby?" <laughs> like, well, I didn't. I did. I, I like to joke with Joey sometimes. Whenever he sends me stuff, I'll just be like, "I didn't get it," and then he'll just be like, "What, really?" And then I'll have it in my hand as I'm saying it, and I'll like wipe my forehead or something with it in my hand just to like. <laughs> it always frustrating to no end. <laughs> so with schlock, I thought it was very needed. Uh, just to, like, I haven't had it. I don't get it yet. <laughs> but I was like, oh boy, it's finally here. Schlock has, has arrived on my doorstep. And, um, we didn't watch it together the first time initially. I was just like, I just, I just need to watch this because Joey, you know, spent money on this. <laughs> Got, it was nice right. enough to get this for me. So I, I might as well just sit and watch it. Um, so I, I finally watched it. <laughs> and I, I again i always feel bad when when joey sends me something and i feel a certain way about it but you know again this we can't change how we feel about things no you can't you can't 
but he sent it to me and he might have even felt like this was gonna happen but i'm like i i watched schlock <laughs> and you were like oh boy <laughs> it's like that was a it, like I, on my letterbox review, uh, uh, which I bumped up half a star, because I, I took the half star away, but it was a joke. <laughs> I, I left the half star there. Oh, so is it still two and a half? It's still stars? two and a half stars on letterbox. Oh my god! <laughs> but the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, John Landis is just annoying people, isn't he? <laughs> like, like he just he's just roaming around. Um, like there's the bit where he pokes the one girl in the boob. Which, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the bit when he, he destroys that guy's car, he's like, he's at, he's oh at the God. he's at the movies, and he's just stealing a guy's popcorn. <laughs> a little, he takes a little kid to go pee, but granted, the little kid was like, "I need to go pee," and he's like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" <laughs> Which it made me think of like all those times when you're. I don't know if this happened to you, but like whenever I was a kid and I would see someone that vaguely looked like my mom i would like grab them instead of my mom yes and, yes oh yeah that's definitely happened to me as a, as a child uh, yes. yeah so that's always i still think about that admittedly i'll always remember like one time at like i think a theme park or like like a geaga lake <gasps> or six flags or something i don't know and grabbing some random woman's leg <laughs> that wasn't my mom and uh like it made me think of that a little bit when I saw that scene. And the whole time I'm just like, it just feels like John Landis just really loved the suit and was just wanted to wear it and just kind of annoy people, I guess. <laughs> but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I didn't take anything away from it, honestly. Cause like it, it is kind of like, like a basic, um, but like effective, I'll say fish out of water story. Because that's what you really want when you have like a fish out of water story. When you have a character who's never seen what the world is like, and then they they see it and they see how absurd it is. When you see like, you know, like we could have we like we could have had something like that with Captain America, but we never did. Or like we could have had something like that with a few other things, but you know, it is it is kind of a fun idea. Like that whole idea of, um, I just got a message. Hey, Richard, can you hook a guy up? With, I don't know. I don't know what... This is from Feehan on, in the group chat. I, I don't know what he wants me to hook him up with. Uh, should I just leave this in here? <laughs> uh, I'll just never look at the message that he sent, that he sent in the group chat. <laughs> so, so if he listens to this episode, he can answer it then. Um, Alright. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I just... I think, I think for this one... I just uh I don't know. It's just it just doesn't it just doesn't hook me as much as I as I would hope. But I see the I could see the appeal at least from your eyes. Yeah. Cause it's 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 the absurdity of it all. It's sort of like it kinda makes me think of like um a sort of uh, it, like I think my first th- thought of it, it made me think of like internet entertainers a little bit. And like, mm. like, like, mm. not that you watch this, but, uh, like, like kids on Vine or TikTok or YouTube that would go like to Walmart and do weird things just to see how strangers would react. Yeah, yeah. It kind of made me think of that a little bit. Um, right. but without the like 
subtext that this has of world the world is odd but like like joey like joey's a big meme guy joey goes on twitter a lot and so i feel like like maybe more than any one individual should but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) i will say i I have been more active on twitter in recent years myself so i can't really say anything um but uh it just kind of it kind of made me think of like a lot of the stuff that you send me that like you know, I'll find funny, or sometimes it'll be like a specific reference to something that I just haven't understood yet. So maybe, maybe yes. I'm just not at the right point to to look at Schlock and think, yes, clearly. <laughs> you know, and I also think too. Again, it's a great way to look at Landis's career as well, and also Rick Baker. I think that suit is incredible for for what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the expressions that you're able to get get out of Schlock. Um, and I also think too, I think about like some some of the absurdities of it. Of course, you have the "see you next Wednesday," the the constant uh, like is, throw in like "see you next Wednesday," the, the, and it changes nice, all the time. Uh, Two thousand one um, callback, mm-hmm. um, and there's also another um, uh, uh, the the Haywood Floyd is another callback, and again the music having him be an ape. Uh, like missing link type, mm-hmm. you know, um, obviously draws those those parallels. But also too, this is like American World in London, where, you know, you get you just get shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the but the difference is there's only in American World it's very like it happens. You get like maybe a second or two to like pause Jenny, on it and Jenny Agutter crying a little bit and then like you said yeah bum da bum da bang da dang dig it. But this movie it's like okay it happens. But there's also the note of Son of Schlock, which, John Landis, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you use whatever clout you have in Hollywood to get Son of Schlock made. Get Rick Baker out of semi-retirement, or retirement, or whatever he's in. I think he's in full work. I don't know. But get him out, or get some <laughs> if he wants to, and make Son of Schlock. This is um, what was the, a, a friend... What, was, what yeah. was the last thing John Landis made? That's a very good question. I don't know, because I always see him pop up in, like, different interviews for, for different, like, different, like, documentary, like, you know, for different, like, movies and such. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look that up right now, because I'm very curious, actually. If it's what I think it is, I might have an understanding of maybe why he hasn't made a movie in a while. But I, I could be completely wrong uh, on that note. Because, like, he made American Werewolf, Blues Brothers, he did the Thriller music video, which to this day people still love. Yes, this is all very true. Um... So he's done um, uh, Franklin and Bash as a TV is a one episode of that show, and then Stanley Superhero Kindergarten. Oh. 26. Um, and then Burke, uh, Burke and Hare. He did a he, uh, with Andy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think I know what that is. Yeah. Simon Pegg, um, uh, Andy Circus. You know that was the last uh, feature film he directed. That's right. I remember seeing uh, a, th- a trailer for that and like, oh, I like Simon Pegg. I like Andy Serkis. I still haven't watched it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> right. Um, but I also think too. I-, I think what I also like about this movie is I-, I feel like this is something I-, I would not that I would do it exactly this way. It's the movie I would want to try to emulate because John Landis is a John Landis and Rick Baker are monster kids. Yeah, and I it o- even goes down to the point where they have Forrest J. Ackerman, who I was pointing you out, and he's the guy in the movie theater with the mustache who's like. Schlock is taking his popcorn. 
if you have heard of the magazine Famous Monsters of Filmland, mm-hmm. he is Famous Monster. He he was with us until maybe a decade ago, but like he was always like a character, and people visit him. He had so many prop. He had a uh, Karloff, uh, uh, Karloff for- a Hollywood Karloffonia. It was I gotta show, like, show you videos. <laughs> uh, but it, I think I think there's there's something kind of cool about that where it's like you know he clearly likes some of that you know those monster movies, but also. In stuff like 2001 that he's sort of interweaving and also trying to figure figure out his own voice like I, I again i think like the way media the media and authority figures are portrayed as just straight up tone deaf or doofuses yeah is uh is always fun and appealing to me anyway and it's a bonus when you get a guy in a gorilla suit um like that's 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 the starting point and then when you get everything else it's just you know you're peeling the layers of the cake at this point at this point Yes, I, and I and in my opinion, it's it's the best uh, it's the best uh, gorilla suit movie in the last eight or nine weeks. <laughs> but it's it, it's a um, you know it it's schlock. Listen, it, it's uh, my first very very first review of this on Letterbox. Like it's in the, it's all in the title, guys. Um, <laughs> the, I, when you said that, I was like, huh, okay, this that's that's an interesting way to describe it. You know. Because like I know I've there's probably plenty of movies that I've liked that you could probably look at and consider schlock. So I'm I'm just like I'm wondering, you know, because I think when you said that, that's what I was like. Okay, I think I became interested in that point. Right. But obviously not enough to like go out and seek it myself. But you know, I got a good friend <laughs> that'll 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 seek listen, it for me. Listen, because because this is I don't think this is available in any like streaming service. So I would never want. I would never want any, and I know you probably feel this way. I wouldn't want anybody to spend like twenty to thirty hard-earned dollars on a mo- movie. You know, I'd rather like say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to send this to Richard, <laughs> even if he doesn't like it. At least he didn't have to spend the money on it." You know, is my I, listen, philosophy. It's it's still on my shelf. It's I didn't do anything with it. I don't plan to do anything with it. It's 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 definitely one of those movies that deserves its spot on my shelf. And it's listen, listen, you. When you look at it, I am the first person you will think of. Yeah, probably. A hundred percent. No, like it, it. While I'm like, it's strange to say say the sentence, but while I might not be a huge fan of the movie, especially this is my second time watching it, um, I I I will always treasure it because it reminds me of my friend, of my best friend Joey. And is there any better gift? Yeah, probably there is. But I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I, on uh, <laughs> not thinking about like, uh, will you reassure people that this reign of terror will end? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, with that note, we are going to continue our reign of terror after our intermission, and when we return, when we return. Oh shit! We are going. Oh, sh- Joey. I just, what's, what's I, just, what's I just had my bike here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Joey. Stay tuned for Exhibit A. Joey, where is it? All right, now. Okay. Um, am I on the air? Am I on the air now? I, I have no idea. I've just been sitting here waiting for you to say something illegal so I step in and save you from getting sued. Well, excuse me, sir. I'm new to this radio host thing. Mr. Montgomery, I suggest you play the next song. Don't rush me! 
Welcome back to Open Line Friday. I'm your new host, Lamont Montgomery. Yes, that Lamont Montgomery of Bursweet's fame. And I'm the new host of this little radio show. Now, you may be asking yourselves, gee, why is world famous Lamont Montgomery suddenly hosting Open Line Friday here on WKTXC Listener Powered Radio? Like, uh, how come? First of all, mindy business. Secondly, allow me to explain. I suit that insulting bastard that used to host this show. Please, no. I sued his ass and won. I won everything. Choose your words very carefully. Everything that tasteless... Defamation. Ugly. Okay, that could be considered slander. Little bastard owned belongs to me now. Let me just say he's allegedly ugly. Including this crappy old studio. So needless to say, ladies and gentlemen, things are going to be a little bit different from now on. Not least of which, the songs. From here on out, we're going to be playing real music. Not that garbage written by murderers like Tex Ritter. What? What? Oh yeah, Tex Ritter killed a guy. You didn't know that? Allegedly! Allegedly! Say allegedly. Like heck I will. Ain't nothing alleged about it. Tex Ritter is a murderer. And you could write that in post. Uh, for the record, I like to say my client is engaging in parody. <laughs> Any and all statements he may make regarding one Tex Ritter is all legal under Section 42069, District Court 12, The People versus Gus Jenkins. The Honorable Judge Tallulah S. Lilly ruled that Mr. Jenkins was not guilty of defamation due to extenuating circumstances, guaranteeing his right to engage in parody in the context of stand-up comedy. Will you shut up? God, that boy just doesn't know how to quit flapping his lips. Okay, okay. Looks like we got ourselves a caller on the line. Oh, boy. Let's see who it is. Um, yes, hello, who are you? I hate you. Mom, I told you not to call me anymore. It's me, you idiot. Wait, radio guy? <laughs> Why can't you just lose gracefully? You defamed me publicly, and I exercised my legal right to sue your ass. You only won because your son was the judge. <gasps> Lies! Lies of defamation! Ain't that defamation, Doyle? No, no. Why not? Because it's true. Damn the truth! I want revenge! You jerk! Give me the phone. Don't hang up on me! Just play a song, please. Bitch, please! This next little number, it's gonna make you cry, believe me. Now back in 1985, I went to the movie theater and watched a film. The first time I've watched a movie in my life. Most of the time, I just watched the golden age of country music infomercial on TV land. But this time, back in 1985, I went to the theater and saw the most heart-wrenching movie called Pee-wee's Big Adventure about a guy who falls in love with a French woman in Texas, but alas, it was not meant to be. So at the end of the movie, he settled for just a regular lady, but boy... Let me tell you, this film reduced me to tears as soon as I left the theater and went back to my luxury RV in the foothills. I wrote down this tune. It's called 
Dottie, I love Simone. Enjoy. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, take two of our second half, because I dropped ice cream on myself. 
<laughs> I, I folks folks i was looking up something and i hear a noise and then richard tells me to look at him and he literally has ice cream on his face it's like the end of every no i'm not saying it <laughs> it's like uh my it's like my favorite uh one of my favorite movies see you next wednesday uh, <laughs> as it shows up in america we're over in london you know you know you got you always listen a movie doesn't work if you don't have that specific final financial shot. <laughs> I almost said financial schlock. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I guess depending on the movie. <laughs> depending on the movie. Obviously, the first half we talked about John Landis's debut feature, Schlock, uh, which I also didn't note in the first half, but like Johnny Carson was a fan of this movie, which was a fan of Schlock. Uh, late night, uh, late night king, uh, Johnny Carson. You know, maybe if you're younger, you don't know who he is, but if you're older, you definitely know who he is. And some of you might uh, not even know what late night TV is. It's it's those clips on YouTube uh, <laughs> where you see like a an old comedian making political humor and then talking to celebrities. In case you're wondering, it's it, it's it's when there was a period of time where where uh, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> would say Donald Trump and people would applaud. <laughs> it was pathetic. Anyway, yeah, you know what? The, the my favorite one is is still Conan O'Brien, though. So I'm I've always been um, a letter a Letterman fan. I, I was actually watching a clip of him talking about a ba- the bear story. Mm-hmm. This guy named a uh, high school kid named Brandon who helped that who helped get the bear out. Uh, I still I still talk about that. I'll also never forget Letterman too because I watched his last show from a hospital bed. Um, so, were you okay? Oh, I passed out, and that, that's all oh. that happens. Not exciting. Okay. It was yeah. I, it, I'm not uh, gonna lie. I initially thought it was like during a, uh, like a bad period, and I was like, oh no, because it made me think of like when my grandma died, and I saw that Heath Ledger died on the news, and I was like, this is a terrible day. <laughs> that's rough. That is rough, but enough about late night hosts and sad events. Let us talk about um, our second, our second feature for our third anniversary, our true, our true selves episode, as I like to call it. Um, so I mentioned in the first half that we uh, we did an episode a long time ago about our favorite movies, which was *Bride and Frankenstein* and *King Kong*. And, um, the, the crazy thing is like, yeah, those are probably the movies that we latch onto the most as far as like, you know, if, if someone is to ask us what our favorite movies are, the ones we are willing to admit are, are by far ones that we love, but also ones that have sort of a, maybe subconsciously we're thinking this, like uh, a sort of prestigiousness to them. But, um... You know, the, the, the digger, you, the, the more you dig into someone's personality, the more you're like, you know, maybe it's this movie. <laughs> and Joey, Joey had a revelation when we first watched our second feature together. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So, um, one day randomly you were just like, you want to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure? <laughs> and I go, fine. I, I had seen like... <laughs> clips of it obviously there was some very there are some very famous moments in this movie but also and listen, somebody who's yeah i'm typically hesitant to suggest like a tim burton movie to joey especially 
because I mean I know he's not a big fan and obviously Tim has his controversies which we've talked about endlessly on the show because he's been on our show probably more than most people would uh would think but you know I I have my my personal history because you know he was sort of like that gateway filmmaker for me he was the one that kind of kicked things off for me I don't deny that he's done he said some dumb things and uh it's definitely made me feel a little bit differently about him um but I, I can't deny that I, I like what I like, and you know that he was a part of my my coming of age. Yeah. So no, absolutely. But this was a movie that Joey had some semi interest in, so I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have a good time with this one. And I did, but more importantly than having fun, uh, I felt like I was able to. You know how like you know there's a there's like scenes in like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three where they find out about Rocket's past. And they're like, oh my god, it all makes sense now. <laughs> this is not a horrific experience, but I feel like this is an equally relevant uh, bit for you. This is, this feels like a defining moment. I, I watch this, and it all makes everything I know about you makes so much sense. Paul Rubens is the high evolutionary. <laughs> 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 I'm a good, I'm a freaking guardian of the galaxy. Good for you and your family. <laughs> Why are you so angry? <laughs> Why are you lying? Why do you oh, do that? God, I have the worst thought. I'm imagining Spec with the voice of Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Well, there's that whole bit where he's talking to Pee Wee on the phone, and Pee Wee's like, "I know, I forgot. I'm sorry." Put Dottie back on. Just your relationship with your dog, for one. Uh, I thought of, but also just like Pee Wee. You know, I always thought of you as an outgoing person, but like when we we're in like public, this I hope this is not verging into. The, this this is perfectly fine. This is this, this is just out. true. We can keep uh, it. I know. I know where this is going. You're 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 more reserved than what I would have expected, but I feel like Pee Wee Herman is the internal you. Like, <laughs> it's like it's almost like the Incredible Hulk, right? It's like okay, I, when he's when he's calm, he is he is meek, friendly Richard Purnell, but he's not too friendly. But then something happens. Bam! He becomes. <laughs> I get. I get way too comfortable, is what happens. Way too comfortable. And that is definitely, like, uh, I, like oh my gosh, where he, he's just like, there are times where Richard will be saying things, and he'll be making a joke, and I'm like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> what is going on? Stop Do it. Do you have an example of this? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, you got one. Exhibit Oh, you a. have one. Oh, oh, you have one. I... <laughs> yeah, you brought this up to any time. You do the bullshit with, oh, I didn't get the movie. Oh, I didn't get the movie. <laughs> I became the Swedish chef. <laughs> oh, Fergie, Fergie, Fergie. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I got schlock in the mail. Like, Damn. You made me. Twenty to thirty dollars for nothing. Uh, it's kind of like uh, 
the last thing I said in, the, in our last recording is just, I'm like, oh God, Joey. And you're like, what, what? <laughs> I don't know where my bike is. <laughs> There's just... The moment Joey discovers it's a bit, he's like, he's pissed. <laughs> There's so many antics. Thing, things rarely get Richard very upset. So like, <laughs> I, I am a bit more triggered than he is. So when he says something to me, I'm like, well, <laughs> and Richard is basically like, I know you are one of my like 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 that level of like just like nope sorry <laughs> but also also Pee we talk about how Pee Wee Herman is a literal man child guys sing with Richard Knight we are surrounded by toys we are surrounded. <laughs> I'm looking at a wall of toys. I have toys behind me, toys in front of me. Joey got me a Paddington stuffed animal for Christmas, and I love it dearly. I, I have Natiri on my wall next to Richard. <laughs> and a Wampa. And a Wampa. Named, named Zaboomafu. Zaboomafu. I'm holding Zaboomafu. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think the breakfast scene is really where I'm like, oh my gosh. Like... <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Breakfast! <laughs> Can I have some Mr. T cereal? Okay! I'm like, I, I imagine the lives of Kina, uh, not Ke Tina, Ken. <laughs> And your sister Jelly was like, what is going on with our child? This, like, it, it's one of those things where I know people used to say, like, I know their parents are like, I don't want my kid to watch Spongebob. I feel like Pee-wee, like, would, if Pee-wee had become as <laughs> Pee -wee's big. Pee-wee's the like, Spongebob. Pee-wee was big, but, like, if Pee-wee was as big as Spongebob, like, Spongebob's huge, right? Oh, yeah. And, like, I bet your parents would be like, oh, I'm not going to show my kid this. Like. This is so like if, if if Paul Rubens never walked into that movie theater, I'm sure Pee Wee would be SpongeBob level right yeah. now. Now it's more like a niche sort of thing, it's a very niche niche thing. But like niche, but niche niche niche, niche. same thing. That makes me think of a Boy Meets World joke where, um, <laughs> uh, where Mr. Feeney looks at Eric and uh, he's talking about like Eric's niece and he goes and Eric just goes I have a niche <laughs> and Mr. Feeney goes niece niece and he starts like Feeney's drinking <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about I don't know what this word niece means <laughs> um, I probably get a lot of weirdness from that show as well but yeah uh, <laughs> when, when Joey makes that when Joey made that claim I was like it makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> I would totally, if if I had tape next to me and I was bored, I would start putting it on my face. <laughs> Rip it off. Ow! <laughs> Pee-wee is just, is just so out there, man. And is just, uh, Pee-wee, again, like yourself, you are very okay with who you are. I've gotten more okay with who I am as time has moved on, I think. Uh... Especially, oddly enough, doing the show has made me more okay with myself. But I also think, too, it's... you are not somebody who compromises, either. No. <laughs> Pee-wee spirit also embodies that, as well. Pee-wee is just who he is. And I love the neighbor in the beginning. Uh, Pee-wee's gonna put on his... Good morning, Mr. Crabtree! Hey, good morning, Pee-wee! I wanna water my lawn now! 
Okay. Put this ridiculous sprinkler. The most ridiculous. It's, it's water. One of those water wiggle things from the and, 80s. And the guy just smiles and closes his window and just accepts it. <laughs> and Pee-wee jumps and goes, ah, ah! Like, There's nobody, nobody in this movie, as Lisa doesn't remember, are, are like weirded out too much by Pee-wee. They're just, they, they're just, accept, like the only things that they get mad at are like other like things that he just happens to like when he makes the phone call in the biker um <laughs> the biker club or whatever i'm trying to use the phone <laughs> and he's loud i'm a loud person admittedly as well you can be yeah <laughs> like if you if you've never listened to an episode you're just learning uh he's a little loud but like yeah because like unlike schlock schlock is like there are people who there are some people who accept him but only if they're like blind or if they're like a kid uh whereas yeah. everyone else is like wanting to kill him or like you know destroy him on some level whereas peewee you know peewee is just peewee you know and it's a, just treat him like another person <laughs> and and he manifests that by the fact that he interacts with many different types of people in the movie yes and just because like uh he interacts with uh one of those hobos like the the guys that get on the train uh, that just like are just living living on the road. Uh, a uh, a whole gang of bikers called the Satan's Helpers. Uh, the executive uh, like CEO or whatever of Warner Brothers. <laughs> um, a convict who's escaped from prison. One of my favorite characters in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, he took a knife and he cut off the tag of a mattress. Is what he claims. Just saying. <laughs> the thing always used to bother me. I remember, like, people like, oh, you need the tag. I always used to be afraid to cut off tags off anything as a kid because they say it's illegal, but also, like, oh no, how would I know how to put my shirt on? Ah! <laughs> I, I'll still look at tags on mattresses and I'll just be like, I don't know if I should. I might, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> Um, but I also, uh, I, I, yeah, there's so many like different like characters that he meets throughout, but there's never like a moment where you're like, oh, this is the one who's just like, like the Walter, like a Walter Peck type, like in Ghostbusters, just like, mm-hmm. these people need to be dealt with. This is stupid. Like, <laughs> there's no, like the. The only character that you could argue is like a villain is Francis. Yes, but e- but even Francis. <laughs> but even Francis. But Francis is just yeah. as weird as Pee Wee, so it's never like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just yeah, you know. It, so it's never just about like a about Pee Wee's weirdness. It's like he has beef with Pee Wee because he's got the bike, you know, <laughs> and he wants Pee Wee's bike. It's but it's like it's like kids. It is like kids, and that's what makes it. It's like it, kids. It takes it to a whole level. Like the scene. Your favorite scene that you were like when he goes to Francis's place and he's the the dramatic knocking of the door and where's Francis? Francis is busy. Oh, he's busy doing what? He's having his bath. Oh, really? Where are they hosing him down? <laughs> that poor that poor uh, worker just dealing with Francis and then dealing with Pee. I think about him from time to time. <laughs> He he ends up falling in the in, it's basically a pool, but it, they treat it like a bathtub for Francis. Right. <laughs> it's enormous. We, Go ahead and scream your head off. We're miles from where anyone can hear you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I just love how terrified Francis is in that scene. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, it you know like I also just love when he when he meets Simone at like the uh, the road the roadside attraction, and is just like we mm-hmm. we uh, it's out of context. We need to talk about your big butt and Simone's boyfriend <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Everyone I know has got a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, what he means is like people are like want to follow their dreams, but right. they don't. And so Pee-wee's like, everyone I know has got a big butt. Come on, Simone, let's talk about your big butt. <laughs> and then it's just Andy going. <laughs> but, it's, but can we also just say, too, it's just really funny. Like, Dottie is just like... <laughs> Dottie's this incredibly beautiful, like, this kid, this girl that works at Chuck's Biko-Rama, owned by Chuck. Oh, yes, that's me. They call me Chuck. (laughs) Love Chuck. Um, But Dottie works there. And she has a crush on Pee-wee, and Pee-wee's very, like, like a, like a child is very, like, you know, standoffish, but clearly he kind of maybe likes her, but doesn't pursue it because he's immature. <laughs> but it makes me think of, like, the, like the meme where it's just, like, the, the bad bitch I got by being a silly little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Pee-wee, when you get back, we'll settle up at the drive-in. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry, Donnie! Is... This might get cut out. This is exactly what would happen if someone was like, hey, Richard, you want to do something? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Joey's like, you want to go to Disney in a couple weeks? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm sorry. The connection's really bad here in Ohio. (laughs) All right. Bye, Joey. um, And then I hang up. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still on the call with you. But one of my favorite bits is when he's has get everybody gathered in the basement and they're going over <laughs> after his bike is stolen. <laughs> I love it. Oh, he talks about the pen. What does this mean? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I love he brings up, he brings up, he's like, Jimmy, what is this? Too late. Chip. <laughs> I think it's a pen. That's that. Exactly. This is the pen I bought one hour at one hour before my bike was stolen. Why? What's the significance? I don't know. <laughs> and exhibit Q, or like I, we were talking about, we were watching it this time. How there's all these people in that basement, and we've only met like ten percent of them <laughs> before this happens. Because we met like before that, we met Chuck, we met Dottie, lovely little Dottie. Who is, by the way, I, I want to bring this up. Uh, who is played by E.G. Daly? Who a lot of people uh, our age will know her as the voice of Tommy Pickles and Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls. A prominent voice actor. I love E.G. Daly so much. On that note, um, uh, but she's Dottie, and then we meet the BMX kids who are just hanging out at the Bikerama. Um, there's the magic shop guy Mario. who's hanging. Uh, Mario, the magic shop guy. Um, who get, who, uh, <laughs> Pee-wee's stocking up on supplies, as he says, when he goes to the magic yes. shop. Um, but then there's, like, a guy named Amazing Larry, who's this, like, guy with a colorful mohawk. <laughs> and we only know he's Amazing Larry because he's addressed as Amazing Larry. <laughs> 
And then there's all these other people. We've never met them and we never meet them again. It makes me wonder. Excuse me. It makes me wonder if Mr. Crabtree, the neighbor, is there as well. But I don't remember seeing him. Right. Uh, but it's just it's just funny. It's like it like it's just so random. But like obviously, it establishes that Pee Wee clearly is friendly and has friends that are willing to go into this basement and listen to him rant for an extended period of time. It's, like, it's, also, it's also kind of a nice like message too. I think like you know maybe kids weren't thinking about this at the time, but like nobody like ostracizes uh, nobody really ostracizes ostracizes uh, Pee Wee. You know. In a, this is this is the present thing, like in that episode yes. with Allison and Kai. Is it? is <laughs> so it's not going to be the after. <laughs> it's going to be the previous recording when I'm like Joey. I got ice cream on myself. <laughs> <laughs> he turns into Johnny Bravo. <laughs> oh, check my pics. <laughs> oh, hello, operator. I have a handsome man in my room. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> thinking the same thing <laughs> operator there's a handsome guy in my house wait hold on a second it's only me <laughs> austin butler for johnny i'm Bravo. sick and but curious <laughs> <laughs> um, smack my mama mama <laughs> um anyways johnny sorry. bravo what a show yeah, can't believe it got but, that but no one <laughs> no one ostracizes uh, I'm assuming you're saying Pee Wee. Yes, like it, 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 and I think it's a cool like thing. Like they 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 accept face value. Like this is just he's just a guy, you know. He's he's not, he's only an outsider in situations where it's just like okay, he is just on the road trying to figure out shit in his own community. You know, he's he's Pee Wee. He's another person. Yeah, he's just Pee Wee Herman. Um, but like, I want to talk a little bit about where where this all started too because it's we were, when we were initially talking about this it was kind of wild trying to figure out the history of peewee a little my bit my mind was blown because honestly because like this peewee as a character was was definitely the brainchild of paul rubens and phil hartman uh may he rest in peace um who a lot of people might know uh for his time on snl and uh maybe a couple of the films that he's done simpsons too like notable, simpsons yeah notable presence on the simpsons so Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman, I th- I believe it was either the Groundlings or it was Second City, one of those like kind of precursor. Was what I saw the on on Paul Rubens. Groundlings, yeah. yeah. It's definitely like because Groundlings and Second City are usually like the I think those are the institutes that are usually where a lot of those like SNL people or like kind of early comedy comes from um, from those institutions, um, but. Uh, they were they were uh, at Groundlings together, I believe, and as you just said, and they did a stage version of Pee Wee called the Pee Wee Herman Show, which I think is on HBO Max or Max as it's going to be called soon, stupidly, um, and it should still be on there. If it's not, that's a crime. Um, but uh, it was it, it's it's sort of weird to sort of see this early iteration of Pee Wee because you know we know of Pee Wee as like a kid's character. Like, you know, you had Pee-wee's Playhouse. There's that famous, uh, this is crack. <laughs> I don't remember that. Like, don't do crack. Um, uh, it is sort of wild to think that Pee-wee did that. But it's, no, it's good. Just don't do crack, kids. Or anyone. Don't do crack. Um, <laughs> who'd have thought this would be turning into a... <laughs> message but it's important the last time we got to do a bunch of like disney stuff <laughs> the last time we tried to record this happened, so 
<laughs> Disney crack. It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> it's all addictive. Really. <laughs> we know firsthand of Disney, not crack. Yeah, this is true. Anyway. Please don't do crack. <laughs> um, don't do crack. Um, the more times we say crack, the funnier it gets. To me. I don't know why I'm so sorry. It's not funny, but it's just <laughs> crack, crack, crack. I think we finally cracked the code on how to produce a good program. Um, <laughs> you were saying. Woo! Oh, I'm full of cracks right now. Um, I'm going to patch up that crack. <laughs> but crack. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, but like we know of Pee Wee in this sort of li- the specific light when when he was popular, uh, but it, it really st- uh, started off with the show, and the show was a kind of like is a little bit PG, P- like with some of the jokes, like you know I brought up in the initial recording that there was a bit um, where Pee Wee, and again it's because he's supposed to be like a giant, like he he his his brain stunted at six years old and stayed that way. Um, but there was a whole thing where Pee-wee, especially, it's funny to think about this too, especially that Pee-wee seems so uninterested mm-hmm. in women in this movie, and yet there's a bit where Pee-wee's trying to look up a girl's skirt by having a mirror on his foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can see the character has evolved um, since that initial thing, but that was a big success, and uh, Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman wanted to turn Pee-wee the character into something more and so they were going to make this movie and they wrote a script but um the script itself you know while they loved it you know they still needed someone to make the movie in comes a young lad who was a a cal art student along with all those uh pixar guys um he wasn't finding a lot of success at disney where he was working as an animator because they found his style weird and odd they let him make a couple of things including something called frankenweenie and um uh paul rubens saw this movie frankenweenie was incredibly impressed and said that tim burton guy that made that frankenweenie movie what if we get him to make uh peewee's big adventure and uh they met they met with tim they loved his sensibilities and uh his style and they teamed up and then we got this movie and then that led to, uh, because this movie is a huge success, because you said it was a $7 million budget and it made For, 40, like 40, 40 million in the U.S. So really, I mean, movies wish they could get, like today, they could wish to get that kind of multiplier like from mm-hmm. its budget. I mean, that is um, like five times, <laughs> over five times the budget, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty insane. And that led to, obviously, Tim Burton starting his career as a film director, which, you know, is still, you know, sort of prosper. I mean, it's it's still working out for him. His movies still make money um, for the most part. But, uh, you know, he made he made hits that people to this day still love. Like, you know, in the last seg- in the last it's not segment, but in the initial recording, we talked longer about Nightmare Before Christmas than we probably would have thought we would. Um, which he's not the director of d- just to. No, no, yeah, he's not. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's worthy to note because that that's become a huge like you know, people like to say, oh, it's the backbone of hot topics. <laughs> it, it's not a inaccurate saying. Yeah, I feel like I always <laughs> see there's some new piece of like Nightmare Before Christmas merch. It's like they're oh, still yeah. trying to find ways to uh, milk milk that cow. 
<laughs> like I, I think last time we were at Disney, I saw so so many like new like brand new Nightmare Before Christmas merch, like bags and shirts and jackets and all types of things. Like Disney, Disney will will milk that cow for as long as they can. Um, um, you know, t- the kids on TikTok are doing the Wednesday dance, but Disney's like, but what about that Nightmare Before Christmas? This, this was <laughs> the Wednesday dance of the 90s. <laughs> this was the Wednesday dance of the 90s. I'll <laughs> <laughs> dance, dance, dance. <laughs> Wednesday Adams were like Thursday Jones. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like... Speaking of SNL. Um... Was, uh, was Pee Wee Herman a television program? <laughs> You mean your television program? Why you guys all dressed as Wednesday? It's, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday Adams, more like Thursday Jones. I mean, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know the dance. Richard's uh, doing the dance flawlessly. I should be I should be playing the Lady Gaga track, which does not play on the show, but it's a TikTok, <laughs> popular TikTok I love that they completely just push the cramps aside. Not that, you know, the cramps are and Lady Gaga are like better than one another. It's just Anyway, I like Lady Gaga. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Gaga fan. I, I, I love Lady. I listen. I love Lady Gaga so much. Um, I also like the cramps. <laughs> so I guess I guess I would have just liked it to be more accurate. To the but show, anyway, but, like, you know, like TikTok, like is... Tim Burton. Tim Burton. You know, <laughs> yes. this is a bit. Uh, you know, he got a big. Yeah. This is a big launching for his yeah, career. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then on the same on the same note, Paul Rubens would go on to make Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was a huge hit. Um, and the only like, and again, you know, not to bring it up, but uh, the really the only reason uh, the show stopped was because of the 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 whole porno movie theater controversy that happened with Paul Rubens, and then you know his career his career kind of derailed. He did like some small projects here and there, but then like things got a little bit worse because there was that whole he was unfortunately also involved in the the Jeffrey Jones situation, which. Uh, it's definitely not good. Um, so, uh, which it's, and it's funny, like no one really ever talks about that, but yeah, that's I, cause when you brought it up in the first half, I never, I knew about the, the theater incident, but I never knew about Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like just, just for context, like Jeffrey Jones, um, who was, uh, a, a frequent actor of Tim Burton's on that note. Um, he, uh, and was, was also in a Disney, uh, prominent Disney attraction, uh, for a period of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um he was had uh child pornography in his possession basically and um someone someone had made note that paul rubens was also like someone that could possibly have child pornography in his possession as well and so like they got a warrant and they raided his house and um, this is just reading articles, by the way. I, I'm just saying like this is and watching old news clips, so I'm not like saying this is just from what was reported. But uh, it was reported that Paul Rubens, um, you know, would later on we'd learn that Paul Rubens, I guess, was a collector of like old erotica, and he would buy them in bulk, and sometimes wouldn't know what was in the stuff. Like a- allegedly, that's what was said. But um, it was there was old uh photographs of like vintage uh images of of teenage kids and basically naked and uh 
that was a big red flag until Paul Rubens was uh, prosecuted. He, I don't think he was, I, I believe he was registered with his county at the time and had to be registered for like two, three years or something. And um, I think he made a deal with the, the police office at the time and uh, he was able to not get arrested or something, but he still had to be registered and stuff. So that is an unfortunate thing that is something that he was involved in. Um, but as far as his career is concerned, you know, he would do a lot of small things here and there. And then in the 2010s is when he started having kind of like a comeback and he brought Pee Wee back as a character. He did a stage show on HBO for that. And, um, he, uh, would do, uh, television shows. He did voice work. Um, he, he, I, I noted in the, in the previous recording, he played the penguin's dad twice. Yes. Uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but Paul Rubens has had an interesting road and, uh, I mean, he, he's also, um, been involved in so many different things. Like Joey brought up, you know, uh, the Disney attraction thing. Like Paul Rubens, you know, was the, that star Wars character for star tours uh, at Disney world. Captain or Rex, Dis Captain, Captain Rex, Rex. Not, not the clone Captain Rex, but the the droid who used to be the the droid pilot uh for star tours and the star speeder um 3000 and obviously there's a couple easter eggs to him because in galaxy's edge when they open that up uh because he's no longer the pilot in star tours but like in galaxy's edge if you go to Oga's cantina he's the dj so he's dj rex now and mm. also um in the queue of star tours i don't know if you ever noticed this but there's like uh, like there's a, the Star Tours queue is one of my favorite queues, but like there's a a little like a box of like malfunctioning droids, and in that box, yeah, is is uh is like the the same model droid, uh, which I always thought was kind of fun. I think you point it out pretty much every time we go, and it's always kind of a cool thing. Just yeah, to be like oh, there he is. It, it, I like I, is. I like stuff like that. I was I always think it's kind of cool to reference you know a previous iteration of an attraction um in a space. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I also, I definitely do see the Tim Burton, um, uh, elements in this, like, especially with the dream sequences, you have like the stop motion, like the stop motion dinosaur and like the, the ambulance, the like, clowns, the clowns, yeah. yup. Um, you know, and it's, it's definitely interesting too, like the way the community is, cause we talk like suburban, you know, suburban environments, in Tim Burton's mm. um, aesthetic, and uh, I think that's definitely kind of part, you know, that's kind of in there as well. I think it almost, like, because you were, you were sort of uh, describing Pee-wee in that sense that people just accept him for his weirdness. I feel like maybe that could also be looked at as a fantasy of Tim Burton's, because he sees himself as a weird person that people tend to, like, write off, like, oh, he's just weird. Right. And... Yeah. So I'm sure like he's right. He, I'm sure there was like an aspect of that where he's latching onto it and he's going, why don't, why don't I like that the community actually likes the weird guy in this. And it's not like, it's not like an Edward Scissorhands situation where it's like, oh, we're, we're liking him because we're able to use him or exploit him. No, they just like him. You know, no, it's like, okay, no, we just like Pee, which Pee Wee's fine. Pee Wee's, uh, you know, he's yeah. a little weird at times, but he's nothing like, you know, not some like weird, you know, like terrible person. Um, yeah. But it's just, there's just so many like great moments, but of course, like the, the infamous, like the truck scene, the, <laughs> like large Marge, large Marge is, 
uh, and like that's the moment um, everybody knows and it's still amazing that um that effect is so funny <laughs> so good thanks for stopping on this same stretch of road in a dense fog just like this i saw the worst accident i ever seen there was this sound like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. <laughs> so that was really good. If you want to, if you want to put creepy music under that, that would be, that would be okay. <laughs> I should, I should <laughs> definitely. Make, we'll definitely make a note of that. Um, but yeah, it's just. I think it's, it's also nice. It was a nice, brisk ninety, basically ninety minute, ninety minute movie just right it's, through it. It's also funny too because, like, at the end, obviously they're at Warner Brothers, and there's all sorts of different like movies going on as as Pee Wee gets his bike back. <laughs> And that's a fun, um, really fun Christmas. There's a Christmas movie with Santa. There's a Godzilla movie being filmed there. Um, they're filming a beach movie. <laughs> All of Joey's favorite types of Tarzan. movies. Tarzan. There's, tar- there's a Tarzan. Literally, like, Tim Burton must have just been like, there's going to be a kid years later that's going to watch this. I want to make sure I find all of his favorite types of movies, kaiju movies, like Reichen and Bass Christmas movies. <laughs> uh blue hawaii which you just bought yep. i mean i know you haven't seen it but like you love Whatever. elvis yeah <laughs> um i don't know are you a twisted sister guy i know they're filming a music I video for... I like, I like, I like, you know. twisted sister was there which is cool um which is so strange like like it, it's crazy to think that like twisted sister was like let's be in this <laughs> peewee herman movie it's very very strange um but my, I think one of my favorite highlights was at the very end where they 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 have the the p the p was a p w Herman p w p w they 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 finally make it to the drive in because Warner Brothers decided to turn Pee Wee's uh, whole uh, adventure his big adventure into a movie, which um, is also really funny because the other directorial debut that I watched the other day Targets by Peter Bogdanovich has Peter Bogdanovich in the movie. As a guy trying to sell Boris Karloff on this movie where he plays like an old man who's looking back on his career. And that's what the movie <laughs> literally is. <laughs> so so you've seen... T- Listen, if James Brolin's in that movie as well, I'll be like, what? He's not. <laughs> that, w- that would be incredible. That'd be, that'd be pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, the drive... James Brolin as... <laughs> As P.W. Herman, his his line delivery, I know you are, but what am I? It's like, it's like, like a sexy American James Bond type. Uh, Morgan Fairchild is Dottie. Oh God. And then when, when Pee-wee actually shows up and they dub his voice. Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> But it, I also like that scene too because you get to see all the different people that come in, you know, that know you, the, the convict, 
They're like Pee Wee trying mm. to help get, Tom he, escape. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and a foot log. Wink, wink. Hold it. And he pulls out like a saw. <laughs> He's like, here you go. Nice try, Pee Wee. <laughs> I, li- I, I do love that. He like buys concession for all of them too, which yeah. is super nice. Yes. Um, and everybody like Simone's there with her new French boyfriend, and they get French fries. <laughs> like the, the hobo, hobo brings his crew, and they they get they get snow cones. the The biker gang shows up, and they're all like dressed up. They have tuxedos and top hats on, yes. but they're bikered out. So the one biker looks like a like a biker pirate. He's got an eye patch and a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. That this 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 movie is like I, I I think anytime I watch it, like the first time Joey and I watched it together, I was already laughing just because I was thinking about things that were happening later. And I'm sure Joey was like watching it going like he was just watching it like he would just start watching any other movie, but then hearing me laugh just going, Oh boy, <laughs> am I missing something? <laughs> is this supposed to be funny? I don't know. Oh god. <laughs> or just watching him like Richard. <laughs> Come on, it, Pee Wee. Scene kills me. <laughs> here's okay. Here's a question for you on this one. Um, so you obviously knew uh, like because there's so many clips and stuff like the large Marge, the tequila dance scene, which we only just reference now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another iconic. Like that dance is even like like Pee Wee does that on Pee Wee's Playhouse all the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so you, what was your kind of preconceived notion going into this movie? And then obviously we know what you felt afterwards, but like, what was it like going into it with all of the sort of like internet noise and everything that you'd seen beforehand? Like, what was well, your, what were you, what were you thinking it was going to be before well, you watched it? I Is guess it, I, had you seen any Peewee before it? I'd seen clips and stuff. I was never, it was never something I grew up with. And I think what's interesting was that I, I grew up thinking that the show came out first. I just assumed that this was like, you know, okay, the move the movie came out as a byproduct. But no, it was like, oh, okay, this. I mean, because there was obviously the, you said the stage thing, and then this mm-hmm. this comes about. Um, and I guess also to my my experience in Tim Burton movies, I'm like, you know, oh boy, up and down, up and down. Like, listen, there's been yeah, this is down. probably the best one that I've seen for this show. I will say that much. Woo! <laughs> and uh, listen, I like Batman 89. I don't hate Batman Returns. Um, uh, Edward Scissorhand was Mar- surprisingly good. Mars Attacks has some fun moments. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I think... <laughs> Be- Beetlejuice... <laughs> like, um... Is that all of them we talked about? Oh, the Planet of the Apes. I was going to say, I think Beetlejuice is your least favorite, but then I remembered. Wait... We talked about Planet of the Apes. I think out of like the ones that Tim Burton would probably associate himself with uh, more properly, Beetlejuice would probably be my least favorite. That's fair. It's it's like like Beetlejuice is obnoxious, but he's just like how to pe- anybody. Oh my gosh, this is like <laughs> like Michael Keaton's great, but it's also just like dear God, and this now, this is so bad. <laughs> or like some of it, some of it's. I mean, like it's well designed. You know, I don't hate the movie, but it's just like aspects of it it's also it's also like the the fact that beetlejuice the character became like more so than what he was supposed to be just for the movie i imagine yeah exactly and like 
he's kind of represented in such a way that is very odd, very odd. But that's a whole other like thing, I want, honestly, I'm but. genuinely curious what this Beetlejuice two is going to turn out to be. Like what? What are we? Because mm. we're in this age of nostalgia, and people have the you know the rose colored glasses with things. And I think a, a lot of people are just going to come fi- have to face the facts that Beetlejuice as a character is a piece of shit, or is the movie just going to be like, oh no, Beetlejuice no. is a sweet little boy. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, Beetlejuice is nice. Oh, um, it's like no, no, he's a. He's a pervert. He's, a pervert. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. He's, uh, but that's that, but that's what they was trying to evoke with the movie. But then, like, no, nah, we're gonna make him Beetlejuice something the else. Beetlejuice the t-shirt. <laughs> Beetlejuice almost feels like it has the similar effect that Nightmare Before Christmas yeah, does. I think that's what. Where yeah, yeah. the the merchandising and the fandom and everything outside of the movie almost overpowers the movie itself. Yeah, and. Like I think between those two movies, I would I still really like Beetlejuice for what it is, right? Um, but at the same time, like I think Nightmare Before Christmas, like that one, as as much as I love the design element, I just never really understood it. Never latched on personally. Though. Never it never it never grabbed me as much as like some of the other movies. But, but, but the fact m- that this is the favorite that makes me very. No, I happy. think it has a lot of heart. <laughs> it has a lot of heart to it. I like the characters. Um. You know, I feel like it, it's 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 a great like it's almost like a controlled Tim Burton. Like Tim Burton is like a, yeah. is, a, is a is an element that is peppered in. He's a hired gun. He's a hired gun, but he, you still feel like there's some of him in it, which I like. Yeah. You know, so because I always like that. You know, you like to see the the filmmaker behind it, but it's also like okay, this is not just him because there's some of those projects where it's almost like okay, we're we are going <laughs> as much as I appreciate him <laughs> doing what he wants to do, we are going over the deep end. <laughs> We've got full time guys. <laughs> uh, whereas it's 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 like the difference between Batman eighty nine and Batman Returns. Exactly. Yeah. Though absolutely. But sometimes I also just love Batman Returns dearly. But sometimes how <laughs> so crazy it is. Sometimes it works like James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One has a has a, it's like a peppering of gun right. It's definitely got him, but it's also definitely a Marvel Studios film. And then when you get mm-hmm. to two and three, it is much, especially when you get, oh my God, three, some of the stuff that happens there. I'm like, <laughs> it's, 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 you know what? it's James Gunn movie. You know, you know what's, you know what's a, a pretty interesting like thing to know? If, if you're going to compare those two, I think, like, I look at um, Tim Burton and clearly he has a very distinct style, which he's, which it, obviously, you know, he's made so many movies to the point where that were so like heavy on the style mm-hmm. that it essentially became like its own thing. Like Burton esque is like a literal like style of things. And it's something that people can mimic fairly easily. You know, you see memes all the time of like, you know, not to say that Tim Burton isn't like unique, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's something we, we know fairly well given He's how he's one of those directors. Not to inter- cut you off, but like you know how there's like all those Wes Anderson like AI trailers, or like 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 I see TikToks or things on Instagram where people are like Wes Anderson. My day is in a Wes Anderson movie right. or something, and it's like, like pastel colors and like symmetry. Like I'm surprised not that anybody should do this, but like I'm surprised we haven't seen that with Tim Bur- with the trail or like trailers and like right. This, no, yeah, that's a good is, point. This is the Tim Burton Lord of the Rings. And it's just like a Timothy Chalamet, shaggy-haired-looking dude going, oh, no. 
Well, what's funny is they kind of did that already because like there's all those those meme like art styles like here's what it would look like if tim burton did oh this. yeah yeah yeah, or yeah tim burton did that you know well um right or or, or it's funny when like when like someone said here's what it would like if tim burton did batman and it's like hold on a second <laughs> the funniest thing i saw today was like what if ba- the dark knight was in the 60s and it's like guys did you just forget about adam west <laughs> like do you not know that this is already a thing <laughs> are you serious um, oh but I ultimately, and this movie is, is it's so funny. Um, I definitely would like to mm. get it on disc at, at some point in my life. Um, it's, uh, yeah. listen, you got a genie in front of you. Here. <laughs> um, but, but, but no, I want to, I, I want to make my point real quick. Sure. No, I'm sorry. No, go for it. Um, so like, like Tim Burton has a very specific style that I feel like a lot of people have mimicked or have attempted, you know, maybe it's like a base level thing, but they can still do it because we know it so well um but with james gunn who's also i mean he's not as he's not as prolific as as tim burton but he has been around for a while and has made quite a bit of his own work and we've been able to sort of kind of figure out his thing but then warner brothers is like you know that guardians of the galaxy movie was really popular what if we did something like that but with the suicide squad and so they do the first movie and it feels like oh this is like the guardians for dc and then they're like, let's get the actual guy that did it because, you know, everything that happened with that. And it's such a different thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, like, I think James Gunn is like, he, he has a style, he has his own way of doing things, but it's not something you can immediately lock in place. Right. Whereas Tim, Tim is something to the point where like you look at Tim Burton movies now and it almost feels like a caricature of what a Tim Burton movie should be from this, from the guy who invented it. And that's sort of where a lot of the derailment came when he did like Charlie and Chocolate Factory and Alice, especially Alice in Wonderland, moving forward with his career. And it's just like, I think, like, obviously people got tired of it. And then, of course, he made the stupid comment about diversity. And then it just got worse. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. It just, like, it does kind of suck that it is at this point. I, I wish maybe Tim reached out a bit more and did more stuff like big fish or even big eyes again big 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 something um big adventure (laughs) Uh, (laughs) where he like expanded his repertoire a little bit more because i think that he he obviously had things to say and i think he can make a great movie we i sweeney todd we talked about Sweeney Todd on the show. I know I forget it a lot, but like oh, yeah. Sweeney Todd's probably my my favorite movie he did in like the la- like his sort of latter half of his career. Mm. But um, like it just kind of it like it does kind of suck that we're at this point where you know he's just kind of doing things that fit him as opposed to like breaking the mold a little bit more. Which I mean, he's doing Beetlejuice too. I doubt he's going to be breaking any mold with that one. Yeah, if I mean, I'm being honest, yeah. Because it's so, especially that first one, so ingrained um, with him. I'm very curious about that one, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I know there was a picture of uh, Winona Ryder as Lydia that went around online or something because they're filming it right now, which I'm like, already? Didn't they just announce this? so wild. (laughs) Is there a script? Honestly, it makes sense, though, (laughs) because, like, you think about the trends. These trends can go really Yeah. Maybe, like years ago maybe okay it would make sense to take a second but now it's like no no we gotta jump on the jenna ortega wednesday adams <laughs> thursday jones train <laughs> while it is oh god hot. is that 
is there going to be a, a Beetlejuice dance? Oh, God. Jenna Ortega's floating in the air in this movie, isn't she? She's floating. See, She's going to be what's, floating. What, what's going to happen is, in a couple decades, <laughs> there will be a Stranger Things reboot. And Jenna With Ortega Jenna Ortega as will 11. Be, will be, no, no, no. She will be the Winona. Oh, oh. She'll be the Winona Ryder. Oh, she'll be. She'll be the mom. She'll be, she'll be Mrs. Byers. She'll be the mom. And then somebody will try to do a dance. And she goes, uh-uh. I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna do my dance, and they'll be like, "Mom, you're so cringe." Or, or, or no, oh no, no. She'll be like, "Oh, what? You think I'm cringe?" And they're like, "No, mom. Nobody says cringe anymore." <laughs> the husband's got broccoli hair. <laughs> <laughs> listen, that's not to say. Uh, listen, just, I'll say this. Just, I, I just was. I love Jenna Ortega. No, oh, absolutely. No, no. No, she's I, great. I'm glad she's very successful. She's amazing in Wednesday. Actually, yes, she's absolutely. very good in Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we watch her in the Scream movies, which you know is a lot of fun. Uh, Joey's caught up finally, which is great. It is great. Um, but also now I'm just thinking of like other people. Oh, we're just going to throw in Josh Hutcherson as uh, <laughs> as, as, as David Harper's <laughs> character. <in the> <laughs> And then, I, and then a twist on it, you know, um, Matthew Modine's character, it will not Willem Dafoe. It will, no, it will not. <laughs> oh, oh, it will Michael be, Keaton. It will be <laughs> Billy Bobby Brown in an incredibly silly wig. What? This is, and, and then, oh my and god, then, and then, and then, Finn Wolfhard as the conspiracy guy. He is the conspiracy guy, <laughs> Murray. <laughs> And you know what? We're going to bring this full circle because Vecna, I'm bringing Vecna, Vecna's coming back for season one and Vecna is going to be played by none other than Paul Rubens. (laughs) This is the worst um, idea anybody's ever come up with. Do do not do this. Ah! I've scared you kids. (laughs) Good morning, Eleven. Good morning, Mr. Vecna. Can you keep torturing my brain? Okay! See, this is the point where... <laughs> okay, so spoiler alert for any season of Stranger okay. Things. Uh, was it Joseph Quinn? What's his character? Like... Oh, oh, the, uh, the yeah, Eddie? yeah. The, he was in, he was in Eddie. Yeah, I think See, he's going like to, rocker kid going, from season he three. He's going to play another character who unfortunately gets killed. He will play Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Astin could play his dad. <laughs> As Sean Astin's there. What? What did he say? Wait. What? What did he say? Vecna selling chocolate. chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Oh, I remember chocolate. I remember when they invented chocolate. Oh, I always hated it! <laughs> We're looking for Thursday Jones. <laughs> what? What did he say? We're looking for Thursday Jones! What? We're looking for Thursday Jones! Me! Oh, Thursday Jones. <laughs> I remember when they invented Thursday Jones. <laughs> When she danced those TikTok dances. <laughs> oh, I always hated it! <laughs> but, but what happens next, Richard, is the most shocking thing of all. You know, Will, oh boy. Will Byers, they will continue the trend uh, 
they, they, they will they will make because obviously they cast the Stranger Things kids age appropriate at that time. Yes, right? yes, they're yes, going yes. to do a callback. They're going to get a, a now really old Will Ferrell to play Will Byers. <laughs> really, and we're going to really emphasize: is he gay? Is he not gay? I don't know. <laughs> but it's going to be Will Ferrell just going. Like, just being a 16-year-old, a but as a 55-year-old man, or however old he is now. It, it, it's like that um, Rob Schneider... I'm thinking about that Rob Schneider movie. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> bringing up Rob Schneider is already an issue. Oh, and, oh, and he, he will be the new monk. God damn it! <laughs> My idea? Let's see. Worst idea ever. <laughs> Rob Schneider made it a cancelable show. <laughs> like, no. No, listen. If you want to get someone that's funny and looks like Rob Schneider, just get Michael Keaton. <laughs> I feel better about that. Michael Keaton as Dustin. <laughs> yes! Three seasons, let's go! <laughs> We're playing Dungeons... We're playing Dungeons and Dragons. You want to get nuts? Come on! And then for whatever reason, we just get Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield! That's Mike. Not as Mike. No, he is Mike. <laughs> but then <laughs> they change it up. Oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> but going back to what we were talking about um, Schlock and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, the, the defining movies, in many respects, of Joey and myself. Yes, um, both are movies about outsiders trying to figure out trying to figure out things, whether it's wanting to get bananas or trying to get your bicycle back. Um, people have different interactions with these characters. It's kind of a weird, it's, almost it's, a road trip and, in both of them. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, you could probably look at both films and take them back to classic cinema. I mean, King Kong, you can, you can take with, with Schlock the bicycle thieves. Or is it thieves or thief? thieves? It's thieves. thieves. Bicycle. Thieves. Bicycle thieves. Which you brought the which is interesting because you brought you said you brought this up in your in your movie class. Yeah. <laughs> so um this probably is like the same with a lot of film 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 school students, but like there's a class called film theory where basically all you do is you watch movies. You get together after the movie's over, after however many classes it takes to watch. And then you sit and you talk about it. Um, obviously, you try to line it up with whatever the lesson is. Like, I think, you know, the first movie... I mentioned this before, but uh, the first movie we watched was Citizen Kane, which I missed. <laughs> uh, much to Joey's detriment, but he fixed it. <laughs> I corrected this. <laughs> I corrected this, uh, this error in my uh, cinema history. Um, but, uh, like, like, I remember when we watched the movie Snatch... But we, we did that for editing purposes because, I mean, you know, Guy Ritchie is kind of known for, I, I, I like to think he's known for uh, his editing choices in a lot of his movies and the way he puts everything together. Right. Um, so we watched Snatch for that. Like for screenplays, we watched Adaptation, uh, which is kind of a pseudo sequel to Being John Malkovich. It's like a meta sequel to Being John Malkovich. This Charlie Kaufman's an interesting fella. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, but uh, with um, the movie Bicycle Thieves, which uh, my teacher was like, this is my favorite movie. Shout out to Maria. 
um, who I haven't talked to in a while, but anytime I see her, I'm like, Maria! I love Maria so much. Um, she's, she was one of my favorite teachers of all time, honestly. Um, uh, she showed Bicycle Thieves, which she said was her favorite movie, and I'm watching this movie, and the whole time I'm like, this is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This is this whole thing. Like, there's so many, like, moments where, like, he talk like, uh, I think there's a, a point in Bicycle Thieves where he talks to a fortune teller. Happens in Pee-wee. There's, uh, minus the little kid with, with the guy trying to find his bike, but, like, in many respects, it feels like maybe Phil Hartman and Paul Rubens were big fans of that movie and decided to incorporate some elements. Oh, he's pointing at me. <laughs> because in the Wikipedia of this, it says, described as a parody or farce version of the 1948 Italian classic, Bicycle Thieves. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it needed to happen. <laughs> that woo needed to happen. But also, I was thinking about Italian movies too, because the Danny Elfman score in this really made me think of like not that Nino Rota did the score for Bicycle Thieves, but it made me think of like a Fellini film with Nino Rota score with the. <laughs> I mean, he he evokes uh, Morricone a little bit uh, with that that bit when he's in Texas and he's dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> it's like a childish version. Of, uh, do, of like when we ever when we ever do uh, eight and a half, you'll you'll listen to that Nino Rota score and be like, oh my god, this is Pee Wee's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is an Italian movie in in its in secret. Um, but no, like we were watching the movie and then it came time to discuss it, and I was I was so nervous to bring it up because I thought people would think I was ridiculous. But, uh, I, I rate, uh, my teacher was like, does anyone want to say anything? And I raised my hand and I'm like, this reminded me so much of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> and people started laughing and my teacher was like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> because the whole plot of Pee Wee's Big Adventure is he's trying to find his bike that was stolen. <laughs> and... I initially, uh, there was a plan that I wanted to pair because of that story. I wanted to pair this movie with bicycle thieves, but this, this pairing just made too much sense, honestly. So it was not even supposed to be our three year anniversary episode, but it just, again, because it's such a us episode, it made too much sense to just keep it like this. Mm. Do you have it in the notes that bicycle thieves and Pee Wee in the, in the notepad? I think thought i did let me double check i'm just going through this real quick if not you know i because i i it wouldn't surprise me if this was something we discussed at some point um so you going through this and um no we don't have it in here but no it wouldn't surprise me though that if we had like briefly talked about it because I remember you telling me yeah. that story, and, and maybe it, I wouldn't surprise me if we were like, "What if we did this?" And we just never wrote it down. Um, yeah, but pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. Yeah, like I felt like I felt smart <laughs> for bringing it up, and then I got laughed at. But it's a, but you know what? A lot of smart people get laughed. But at. it's a nice connection to like popular movies because like you know, the, there's popular movies that and it's a, yeah and. It, it also shows that a lot of popular movies are inspired by classic cinema. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you look at so many beloved things, you could trace it back to something. Yeah. 
I mean, if you ever look at, again, Metropolis is the example we bring up a lot. I mean, come on. Mm. <laughs> we brought it up in the interview. We did. <laughs> um, Star Wars is is inspired by something. Blade Runner is inspired by something. Um, you know, there's that whole, when we did uh, the episode about Grindhouse, you know, we watched that, that YouTube video and they're basically like, listen, you'd be surprised exploit how much exploitation movies actually influenced a lot of major cinema. I mean, the film school era uh, with like Scorsese and all those guys, like they watched those yeah. movies and they implemented a lot of elements from exploitation movies in their films, like Taxi Driver, uh, Reservoir Dogs uh, for Tarantino. Um, I mean, The Godfather for Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, like the crazy thing is like, the movies you would least expect, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, actually have ties to like classic cinema that you know you, you just wouldn't expect, like just because of the surface thing about it. You wouldn't think about Italian neo realism uh, and Pee Wee Herman in the same sentence normally, but they are linked. Uh, They're linked. They are. Th- it's like yeah. it's like you like unless you know them, you probably wouldn't link uh you would definitely link classic cinema and joey DeAngelis, but would you link schlock and joey DeAngelis initially always <laughs> <laughs> now you will, now you will. <laughs> um or like yeah or like with me you know you, you you could easily link like old tim burton movies or like guillermo del toro to me but would you uh not to you know <laughs> it's Wee's big adventure old tim burton movie but like would you probably immediately think Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Like, probably not. No, because when I think but, about you and I think about the initial aesthetic I associate with, I associate with like stuff like Edward Scissorhands, the stuff in Batman Returns, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of uh, vibe. Whereas the more Burton heavy, yes, the Burton heavy stuff. Whereas this, it's like it makes sense again when you do, upon further investigation. Um, but yeah. So I'm glad uh, you dec- you you made this sort of last minute suggestion to pivot this uh, to change this <laughs> anniversary double feature. I'm glad, definitely glad you did that because you know it offers a chance to look at some of our favorite filmmakers. You know, I I, li- I really like the stuff of John Landis and obviously Rick Baker's you know stuff is always cool to me. Um, and just you know, mm-hmm. gr- it's always cool to have like you know, again like sometimes like having like a monster movie or like horror movie. Is some a lot of like filmmakers like early starts on things and um, you know I think this one it, I think Schlock's kind of special in that it does have things to say um, you know and it might not always be like ooh oh boy it might be a little rough in places but it's uh, it's still definitely a John Landis um, John Landis production and Johnny Carson liked it come on <laughs> <laughs> like folks if you if you are, are are just like oh yeah johnny carson's best late night person listen just watch schlock he liked schlock do it for him <laughs> do it for johnny do it for johnny <laughs> here's schlock <laughs> um, and then of course for you know for you i mean this is just like you <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it just the, the whole um whole vibe of it um and uh yeah i i think the thing we learn about ourselves mostly is just that you and i are just incredibly silly like at, at the heart of it all i think i mean not that that's something we didn't already know but i think it's especially there when you look at um 
these two movies because both of these movies are absurd and incredibly silly and like like moments like uh like the detective getting shot and then just standing up and then just being disappointed that they shot him it's like a looney tunes cartoon uh, <laughs> sometimes like his face like, blows up at, like at one point after like a like a lighter and he, it just looks like how like like the, the face is like, covered in ash or whatever is just like <laughs> and then and then on that same note there's a bit where peewee's trying to get away from warner brothers uh security and he pulls a giant wall that looks like <laughs> that looks like a street and the security runs right through the wall <laughs> um it's like like clear like these these movies in many respects reflect the strangeness and the the silliness the absurdity of joey and i and i think that's probably one of my favorite things about both of us is that we tend to like latch on to things that maybe most other people would look at and just be like huh because we love silly like you know the silly like like the sillier the better in many respects we like silly but we also like silly where it's like you know it it's it tells an impactful story or it's trying to trying to say something too i think on the same token um even if we don't initially realize yeah i think that like there's like there's i think inevitably whatever your feelings on these either one of these movies are there's something there there's there's something there that you might not be able to pick up on the first viewing, but after seeing it or letting it sit for a while, you might find it. But anyway, um, three years. Well, hope uh, three three years and we broke our own mold, but that's what we do. <gasps> and I got ice cream on myself, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a stain on the new shirt that I picked for myself. I've been looking at it for like ten minutes. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I didn't put this here. Folk, um, yeah. Uh, it's crazy that we're that we've done this show for so long, but I'm glad that we're still doing it. Me too. Um, even if it just, even if most of these recordings is just me yelling and screaming, and we're just quoting the movies for like ten minutes or and being insufferable, but that's me us. just singing songs. Like I think on the other recording, <laughs> it was sounding like Terrence Mann. Uh. <laughs> I'll dance, dance, dance with my hands, hands, hands. Oh man, I need to do Terrence, Terrence Mann, uh, but doing the I'll dance, dance, dance with my hands, 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 like <laughs> Jesus said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But folks, uh, you can't see it. But I'm doing. What's your it. favorite uh, debut feature from a director? I, forget, I can't believe we didn't mention Get Out. Also, like we were talking about debut yeah. features, that was a big. The, what a what a start what on a, that one. That might be the best. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't really get better. Like, than like I love Schlock. Targets is amazing. I, I can't wait to get Targets on this show. But Get Out is like hard to argue against, honestly. But yeah, again. So, what's your favorite debut feature from a director? Um, What's a movie you think defines you? What's a movie? Yeah, what's a movie that defines you? Please let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of our links are in our show notes below. Um, we each have a letterbox. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We'll try to get some new stuff up on there at some point. And that's going to wrap. And up. also, yeah. I want to say I want to say one more thing. I'm sorry. Um, also, uh, thank you to anyone 
for who's been listening to this show for as long as we've been doing it to anyone who comes on board now and listens to it to everyone that's partake partaken in in the show at all whether it's john and kenny with their amazing music that they've done or the dramas or any of the songs they've done with me um all of our guests uh wikey who's been on several different things we've done we love wikey so much gifford we love so much as well he's been on a handful of episodes uh allison i i, sh- I probably should have mentioned her first i'm so sorry but allison um uh who's awesome it's like oh my god <laughs> uh, okay fine i'll mention it. allison okay good <laughs> um who had uh, just like gifford and wikey you know she had her own episode with kai and again thank you to kai as well um they were fantastic uh uh feehan yes. ford um for participating in their episodes and helping us with a com- uh, up and coming episodes literally yes. next week mm-hmm. um and the week after um and to anyone else uh that comes down the road and you know we've done we've done so Can many crazy Caitlin? things for this show oh caitlin i'm so sorry uh, <laughs> i'm gonna hear if she listens she, she probably won't listen to this, but if she listens to it, uh, I'm going to hear about it. But uh, Caitlin as well. I love Caitlin. Um, but uh, thank you to everybody that's helped out with the show and anyone that's listened to it. Your friend Jimmy for doing that interview, which was really nice of him and allowed us to be on the show. And we'll have to get him and Austin on uh, future one of our episodes as well. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll get you. We gotta get. We'll get you again eventually. Um, but for what you've done, thank you so much. You know that you helped this show continue and even at times be more than it, than it was. And then you know, and I said, I think I say this a lot, but thanks, Joey. Anytime, Richard. Anytime. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I see how it is. No, it's very one-sided of you, but all right. You know, it's like it's like one of those like cliche things. You know, we this is a rescue dog, but I like to think we that he rescued us. <laughs> That'll do, Joey. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> all in a day's work. <laughs> I love it when a podcast comes together. Ha. <laughs> That that is going to wrap it up for our three-year anniversary episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong for everything that they do for the show. Tune in next week as the dudes discuss the best CW show they've seen in the last eight or nine weeks. See you next Wednesday! A jaw-dropping teen romance about the teenage years of Jesus Christ. Starring Jenna Ortega, John Hamm, the incomparable and outrageous Gary Cooper, and a cast of dozens. You won't want to miss it. See you next Wednesday. This is not a real thing. Bye.